This episode is brought to you by the following patrons, Jay, Candice, Dre, and Janice. Thank you very, very much for supporting us through our Patreon. We greatly appreciate you, and we look forward to providing you with more hilarious content in the future. So stay tuned. Thank you. I don't think we've ever been formally introduced. Hi, Devin. Yeah, this is this is Devin, the um, most problematic of them all. First off. More problematic than you, Javon? Right, thank you. <laughs> wow. Even even more so than even more so than me. Wow. If you listen to this podcast, Juwan is way more problematic than I am. I already know. First of all, him <laughs> even pointing a finger at you lets me know that that's true. Okay. <laughs> thank you. I He preemptively trying to see how he's trying to muddy the waters off the rip right here. Right. Like I have been working on myself and as Kelly says in Insecure, there has been growth. So Jawan is the more problematic one. Now I have problematic friends. We'll, we'll, we'll express that later on the, on the show. <laughs> but we all can't grow at the same rate as everybody else. That's all I can say. We all can't grow at the same rate. I skimmed the feedback. Oh yeah. It's gonna oh, no, be a juicy. <laughs> I will not tell y'all because I don't know who's listening to this, and I don't you know who I might might lead this in and you can say whatever you want i told you that was it to another white person is it to another white woman uh actually this is this is black and white people because i got multiple texts did that dog face ass bitch say something again no no this is to that back and yes she needs to her ass cussed out this is this is purely about the show i got uh several texts last night i woke Mm -hmm. up the one like oh my god and i'm like oh my god what well, let's Gay hit shit. it. Cause, cause, I was cause, like, Ugh. Let's hit it because Baby Girl ain't moving right now. So we just okay. gonna pray. <laughs> Down in the valley where the girls get naked. If you're throwing bands, then you know she gonna shake it. One, two, break them. Three, four, break them. These niggas grind hard, but these bitches grind harder. Climbing up the pole just to get out the bottom. The crowd below, stay ready for the show. Welcome to the Edit It Out podcast, where we always leave it in. I am your host, Jawan, and with me, as usual, are my two spectacular co-hosts. I will start with ladies first. Um, That is Jamil. How are you doing tonight, young lady? I'm doing quite well. How about yourself, good sir? I am perfectly fine. Thank you very much. And young Devin is here again, as always. How are you doing, sir? I'm glad you asked. I did not think you would ask me. I'm okay. (laughs) Fantastic. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Thank you. And we are joined tonight by a very, very special guest. A superstar. Superstar. Superstar in her own right. Activist. Activist, businesswoman. The new age civil rights movement leader. (laughs) Educator. All of the above. We are joined tonight by the lovely and amazing Miss Leslie Mack. How are you doing tonight, young lady? I am so good. Now, I had an organ removed from me on Friday. It's just my gallbladder. Don't worry about it. Mm. And I could do without it. So I, I'm so excited to talk about this show. I've been pretty much literally laid out for the last couple of days. This is the most active thing I've done since the surgery. So I'm excited to be here with y'all and very excited to talk about this episode. So thank you for, for extending the invitation, Joanna. Please bless and favor to be here. 
you're very, very welcome. And we are very, very glad that you all, uh, that your surgery was a success and that you're on Absolutely. the mend. And, and we are very thankful that right. you were able to join us tonight. Thank you so I'm much. I'm glad that you want to spend your time recovering, potting with us. That's crazy. Because yeah. I could think of plenty of stuff I'd rather do than <laughs> talk to these two weekly. I'm nah, this is perfect. This is perfect. I, li- perfect, I live perfect for this, healing. so I understand it. Perfect mm. healing activity. It's perfect. Don't let them fool you because we we talk to each other every day. So (laughs) the crazy thing is, I would say that who would you say heals you the most out of the three of us? Would that be me? Oh my God, please, Jawan or Jamil? Obviously, it's gonna be Jamil. I don't know why you even like bringing it into the conversation (laughs) like that. Wait, 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 wait! I got a question, and you have to answer uh, truthfully. Are you in this Black Girl Magic group? Yes, I am. Okay, that's it. Have, that's did awesome. you vote? Did you vote to not accept me? Of course. <laughs> you know I'm injured. My cousin's in there. Y'all should let me in. That's not how it works, though. Sure isn't. I don't want to comment. Mm-hmm. I think you, that you. So actually... you want to lurk? That's worse. What are you oh, talking I mean, about? I, come, I mean, I don't want to, you know, be in y'all's business, but I want to be in y'all's business. See, this is what I'm talking. That's why we said no. Off you, you yeah. proving our point right now, Devin. All right, well, this is getting, this becoming a lot of rejection that I wasn't prepared for. So yeah. let's let's move on. I mean, I believe the rules state you have to be a woman or a film That's in, order to, in order to get in there. Got to be a lady. Mm-hmm. If I identify as a lady, would they would they allow me to come in? I mean, you don't. But, but you get don't. And you don't. I, You're talking in hypotheticals for no reason. I but, am a lesbian. You're night. not a lesbian. You're, You're not a lesbian. lesbian. I am a feminist and lesbian. The two mm. aren't mutually exclusive, Juwan. <laughs> the two aren't mutually exclusive, and you also are not both. So that's that's also true. which which one am well, I? I am a feminist, so I'm. Are you? <laughs> what are we here for? I have something off the rip. I also uh, do as well. I okay, hope it okay. Might be the same as yours. Okay, I pretty much know what y'all are gonna do. So here is what's going to happen. Because I don't want to know shit. We're oh, not going to say you're anything. Talking, you're talking We're about Black Panther. Anything. We're not going to say anything. I, 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 was she, going to I wasn't talking y'all. about Black Panther. Okay. But I, I knew she would. Well, I was going to allow y'all two minutes. To, mm-hmm. I'll treat y'all two minutes to mm-hmm. get your Black Panther shit out. Juwan, the fact that you really think you're going to get all the way to November without seeing nothing is ridiculous. I have been blocking motherfuckers like crazy. <laughs> I bet. You're not going you're gonna to be following like literally Donald Trump and that's it by my, the end of this. Like, that's all be Because you know he ain't watching it. <laughs> my shit is going to all be ass. <laughs> but, oh, we won't, we're not, we're not going to spoil it. I will just say I booed. Okay. That's all I'm also, saying. Jamie Foxx is in this movie. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> He's the new Black Panther. Right, right. right. That was him right there. <laughs> that was him. Katie Holmes is just, just like mad him. in the background. <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, you we're mean. getting a Kang Dynasty movie. There's no trailer for that, but I'm that I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, uh, he's going to be in the Ant Man movie, and I'm not rooting for Ant Man. No. Mm. I'm not. Jonathan is about Dan- to take over the MCU, and, and it's and very it, and exciting. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to go to the movie theater naked. But um. <laughs> <laughs> and but also here's the thing so you know y'all know er, we we all know we gonna root for everybody black so what are we gonna do when it's captain america versus kang i mean it's rare i'm in this decision i guess maybe we can hope that 
they work it out. Like, hey, yeah. you know. He's going like, to have to do something real mean. Like, yeah. Like, nigga to nigga, you know, hey, I don't want to be doing this shit to you. So you want to, you want to, you just want to kind of give up, you know. You want to mm-hmm. kind of let, you kind of want to ease up on this right. shit. I'm going to need them to shoot the fair one first. Yeah. That's, you know, it's funny. That's probably why those two Avenger movies are coming out in the same year. Because mm-hmm. we can't have this, you know, intra-community conflict for, right. for extending over Maybe they go make him, right. Maybe they go make him purple or blue or something like that. And that can, no, it's still Jonathan Majors, though. Mm. <sighs> Devin, what did you have? Yeah, sorry. Oh, uh, another trailer. House mm. of the Dragon. Oh, yeah. Now I did not watch that full trailer, but I'm not as connected to that property as you are. So you can go ahead. My nipples are hard. <laughs> we got at least three dragons in this trailer for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites, Caraxes. He was out here with a saddle and everything. The red so you dragon. You know about all of these fools. Oh, I am. My body is Look ready. Look at you reading. Look at Naming you reading. dragons and things. Long. Right. There was we like are, dragons I was just going to call him Philip. 17. They're 17. 17. Okay. According to George. You know you're running the, the House <laughs> of the Dragon podcast, right? No excuses. Look, you're running the whole thing. Get, I, your, yeah, get your goddamn notes on. I am definitely not doing the research for that shit. <laughs> I, am, I am ready. Me and Sarah have already mapped out the entire season. We talk about it every day. All day. Mm. So my thing is, um, I saw Nope on um Saturday. <gasps> yeah, how was that? It was uh, it was interesting as you all as you all know and listeners as you know I don't watch trailers so like Leslie said she doesn't know how I avoid these things but I did not know anything about Nope other than who was in it. I did know the um. Overall premise, I kind of had an understanding that it was probably going to be some alien stuff, but that's pretty much all I all I knew uh, knew was going to be about aliens in some capacity. I mm. knew that Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer was in it, and like uh, and some speculation about what their roles were going to be. But ultimately, it was a very very interesting movie. It was different from what I it was very different from what I expected. It was more so like a uh, try not to spoil it, but it was more so a family drama than a straight up horror that Jordan Peele delves in. There are a lot of, there are definitely a lot of horror elements. Um, this is not a diss. I would say it's, and Jamel is going to hate this comparison, but I would say it has elements of Tarantino and M. Night Shyamalan, if that makes sense. Now, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm planning on going. <laughs> but the one thing that I did hear somebody say is that it's been a disservice to the movie having it categorized as horror, like just generally. And I think it's one is racism, right? Because it's this assumption that because that's what monkey paw studios has put out in the past, that every movie they're going to put out is going to be horror. Mm -hmm. And so folks have said, that's what I've definitely been hearing is folks have been like, this is not a horror movie. And your assumptions that Jordan only makes horror movies is racist as fuck. We could swear on here. I hope so. Yes. Oh, uh, is is racist as fuck. And um and also like low key trying to limit him as a creative and as a director um on the front and the back end, right? So here we have a movie he has out, and one of I mean I will say he definitely leans into 
this um the mystery right he 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 leans into he don't want nobody to know nothing everything is very secret secret i got a secret because i'm gonna tell you something juan you could have watched every trailer he put out and still you'd be going in blind to that movie because i have have watched multiple trailers i have no fucking clue what this movie is about i'm gonna go i'm gonna try and go see it this week i have no idea it didn't give me nothing all it told me was inflating tube man that's all i know know is kiki palmer's in it Oh, and Glenn. And, and, yep. and Glenn, yep. And Glenn. That's all. I mean, literally, I just know the actor that is in it. That's all that the trailer gave to me. And, of course, like, the aesthetic, right? Like, the look of it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he gives absolutely zero plots out in any of his trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, g- give kudos to him. I think it's set some records here for the most um, uh, first weekend sales of a, a drama s- since before the pandemic. Um, so shout it. out to Jordan Peele and um, and and the entire uh, cast and crew because that's that's a huge feat to get people out their houses these days. It takes a lot, okay? Uh, yeah. Especially if you're not a Marvel movie, you're not you know one of these big blockbuster movies. It takes a whole lot to get people to go to the theater. Um, and yeah, it's exciting. Also, just to be clear, I don't think I think most movies, Joanne, you will be able to avoid. I just think it's gonna be real horror, Black Panther, because they they already got music out now. I mean, they really going. It's just uh, a lot happening. Oh, the music yeah, in I'm that sure. Thames Thames has already got a song here. out with her covering Bob Marley and stuff. Like the I just think it's gonna be a lot of. A lot of spectacle going on with that one, so it's gonna be hard for me. I'll, I'll, I'll do my I'll do my best. I just want to go in as blind as possible. Bring um, tissues. Okay, definitely. The I, way I, I the way the it. the TikTok uh, movie TikTok black movie TikTok has been uh, that especially oh, folks that black. were in the room, uh-huh. they was I mean literally just like tears falling down their face because I know they saved this for the very last thing in Hall H, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. freaking Kevin Feige, that dude. He knew. He, he knew. said, he knew I saw them say the quote, the quote they said, he said, we've been to the past. We've looked to the future. Now we want to talk about forever. And then the lights went out, niggas. Listen mm. to me. Oh. Live musicians started and you heard the drums. And then <gasps> they had a whole live stage show there. And mm. then Ryan Coogler came out and he did a speech about how the first time that, that he saw the original Black Panther trailer, he was with Chadwick. And that Chadwick has really had really big hands. And throughout the trailer, he just had his hands like on uh, Ryan's back. And he's like to the point that hours later, I could still feel his hands on me. And he said, when I watched this trailer, I felt his hands again. Oh, and okay, that's going to make me Lost <laughs> their <laughs> shit. Okay, that's already right, making me cry. Don't, don't See? You I, I it's going to get worse. It's going to be worse. I, I will try to uh, go in as bad as I can, but I'm sure I'm going to be really emotional yeah. uh, in that. But, uh, yeah, like I said, but back to Jordan Peele, Leslie, I agree with everything you're saying that, you know, people are pigeonholing him into a certain aesthetic, which mm-hmm. I think that he's a little bit more, he's definitely more thoughtful and creative about his process in terms of his movie making style um, than other hard directors he's able to do good homages to what came before but also put a new uh spin on it and listeners when you heard me laughing hysterically before les was talking was as soon as i mentioned Quentin tarantino jamel jamel got up <laughs> out of her seat but but it did it had elements i'm not saying that he was copying him but it did mm-hmm. have elements. aesthetic the visual that's, aesthetic. that's jordan peele's white side 
<laughs> it has certain you you would know what I'm talking about when you see when you finally see it you would know exactly what I'm talking about when I um when it and listeners um it you see Kiki Palmer's feet or something. No, we don't see her feet, but it does have like some similar aesthetics. And actually, to the movie that we talked about last week, Pulp Fiction, it has some aesthetics to that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what we are here for. What we what are we really here for though is P Valley. Period. Season two, episode seven, entitled Jackson. It is written by Ian Olympio and Nina. Dave Stifle, I believe it's pronounced. Sorry if it's not. Um, but also directed by um, Jennifer Arnold, who is a pretty good television di- um, um, director. So going around the room, mm-hmm. as far as overall thoughts, I am going to start with um, Leslie. What are your overall thoughts about this episode, ma'am? I laughed. I cried. I was emotionally moved. I I, I know we'll get into this in the recap, but I... I believe to for myself like i have been waiting for the love story that they are depicting between uncle clifford and low murder my entire life Mm -hmm. and to see it actually be portrayed so beautifully on screen has been amazing um one of the best sex scenes i've ever seen on television period Mm -hmm. ever um can we just say loretta motherfucking divine i Mm, look absolutely listen Listen, just royalty, royalty, royalty. I'm glad they um, gave her a chance to sing too. So so glad the an original fucking dream girl, just all you know what I'm saying, like just all the all the things. This 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 episode had everything, and most importantly, it had as little of Haley as possible, and I was really <laughs> fucking grateful for that. So that's my and, that's and, my and overall no thought. No Andre at all. No Andre at all. Zero. Well, I think they had that. Well, they had a little. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Jamel, what were your overall thoughts? Okay, so here's the thing. I, how do I say this? I was riveted, mm-hmm. and I thought it was great, but it was not my favorite because I wanted some more stripping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. it was that's the only, that, That's probably mm-hmm. my only nitpick. I was just like, you I want to see holes on poles. Mm. Yeah, we so, didn't have any. I only uh, said holes because I don't know all their names yet. <laughs> No, there was only there was one scene in the strip club because you know little miss well, uh, that but it was just the one and they yeah. only had one they only showed one girl dancing so nah, and it was, and it was I, a white I, girl I, need, I don't know I, her name yeah. either I haven't liked it I need it, production but, yeah <laughs> I like a good production because yeah. I'm never going to a strip club again yeah. uh, listen to Patreon to find out why well yeah you listen to Patreon to find out find out why Jamil would never introduce well I'll give you the short version a stripper broke my ribs. I'm not kidding. I, I believe am you. not kidding. <laughs> no, they really happened. So. Wow. It was my oh. bachelorette weekend. Mm. I'm never going again. Glad you recovered. I don't remember and like and on Patreon as well. I don't remember my bachelor, <laughs> my bachelor party. <laughs> so <laughs> Jamil and I both have had bad experiences with strip clubs. Um, mm. Devin loves them. So um, Devin. Um, shoe shows. Yep, shoe shows. What are your thoughts overall about this episode, sir? Uh, I don't want to be like a rain on the parade. It was just okay for me. Okay, I mean it's okay. It's okay not to like things. I I, I would say I wouldn't say I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It just I don't know. I'm ready for more resolution with it's this. It's because Keyshawn wasn't naked. That's why. I mean, I know. 
I've been seeing a lot of people kind of like say it was more like mid, which I think, you know what, honestly, I don't really take those. I take those with a grain of salt because, like, I think there's, it's more so the anticipation that you build up in your head. Because mm. um, with this episode, I love this episode. And I yeah, echo, it was great. Yeah, I echo what you said, Jamel, and, of course, what Leslie said, that it was very beautifully written, very beautifully shot. I'm so glad that we got the um, conclusion, not the conclusion, but we, we have finally gotten the Clifford, and Lamarcus' love story that and this love story that they deserve that they were able to find them themselves back to each other. Although Leslie, um, I am a little con- I'm concerned that it's a little bit trauma bonding. Um, yeah, I had that, that same thought. It definitely is that, and. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think it's um, a common experience in that community as well. Well, um, yeah. so I to me it was like, you know, uh, when we go through, but that one line um, that Lil Homicide says when he says I'm not okay, oh. that br- like literally, br- I had to pause. I was just like, oh my god. First of all, just the writing, but also his acting of that line. That you know, is an incredibly good actor. The, the vulnerability of just using those few words to express so much. And it was just really, really beautifully done. And hats off to the writer's room because um, that was really so smart. Mm. You know, such a smart way to show vulnerability with f- as few words as you possibly could, but still go there. You know, it was really great. Right. And I also do love as well, because uh, Kratoria Hall must have some type of uh, crystal ball, because mm-hmm. this this story, of course, takes place in year 2020. Yep. And they wrote this uh, early 2020, 2019, early 2020. Obviously, this takes place before the Roe versus Wade decision. But just by capturing the moment yep. of how mm-hmm. important women's access to healthcare is in this storyline and especially in, in emphasizing that this is an argument that's not political. It's always been an argument about the choices that women decide over their bodies. I really appreciate that she had the foresight you know, to put that in there because she had no idea. Obviously, they had no idea what was going to be the national decision a couple of years later. But I think this particular storyline really puts it into perspective about what we are fighting for. In terms they of even give the Planned Parenthood information at the very end of the credits too. Yep, definitely. definitely. Yeah. and they have since they had the writers' room. They ha- and Katori has challenged other writers of other shows, being like, "Why are you not depicting the reality of abortion access on your show? What, what's yep. what's happening? We know that it's happening in our community. So whatever you're writing about, it's it's affecting them too. And why are you not depicting it?" Um, and it was such a nuanced, um, layered story that they told because we're talking about multiple generations of trauma mm-hmm. around childbirthing, around teen pregnancy, around stigmatization and around um, intolerance towards mm-hmm. a woman's choice. You know, um, so I just all of that was so well done. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, and the emphasis on like, I'm not going to tell you what to do that. That was mm-hmm. done to me. And I I'm not that. doing it to you. You know, that was so great to see. Yeah. Depicted. When, she, when she was just like, what do you think I should do? Mm-mm. Nope. That nope ain't. Don't ask me. That's don't ask me on you, girl. 
And she kept pushing her. So you saying I should do it? No, I ain't say that. So you saying I shouldn't? I ain't say that either. Like, you're not going to trap me. This has got to be your choice because you don't want to be the person that uh, has your child blame you later. Because that scene where she saw her mom in the mirror, y'all. That's why I'm like, damn it, what you talking about mid? Come on now. This is some writing, some directing, some acting we had going there on. No, there weren't that many titties. I'm trying to tell you. That's you, you, see, you, you I see, mean, I agree. We, we could use more titties. That's true. It's true. You, well, you, you see, Leslie, this is because I am an involved man, unlike Devin. <laughs> oh, and I am go. a real feminist. So I notice these things. Whereas Devin is like, oh, these bitches talking? I'm, I'm over. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> also, I feel like in the, like the overall storytelling of this, like if we watch it as a season as a whole, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this just led up to something that's going to happen next episode. Like, I feel like it was like all set up, except for that whole, you know, Jackson situation. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And we will get into that. So let's go ahead and um, uh, get into the episode. So um, I have my notes up. Um, so I'm going to go through them and let's go ahead and start with um, what I the section that I entitled. Because uh, we're going to go not by scene by scene, but I'm going to go by set pieces. So let's start with a blues for Miss Ernestine. Oh, is yeah. what I titled the second. So we open the show with a series of flashbacks that is featuring Loretta Devine's character, Miss Ernestine, um, um, singing in the club that is going to be known as the Pink, but is also um, doing a dual where they're showing her hallucinations that she's experiencing while in the haze of the COVID infection that she's going through and also showing us the evolution of the pink over the um, decades. Yeah, um, it started out as a juke joint, right? Yes. So, and I really like this because, yeah, like Jamel just said, it started out as the um, juke joint and kind of like evolved over the times as like a dance club, a gathering place, um, things of that nature. And I really like the way that they did that with the cinema, but especially with the uh, cinematography. Uh, I did also, I said that Andre is not in the episode, but I think if you kind of like look closely, mm-hmm. I believe in that first one, him and Haley are in there. Yeah, you know, with so each too. other, yeah. with each other. So I thought I thought it was pretty. Uh, we all pretty blacked cool. out. We didn't see that. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> the most boring couple on TV. No. Uh, for real, for real. Um, I also loved one. They showed Uncle Clifford as a little boy in in the in the montage, which was really cute to mm. see with his purse, his first purse. Yeah. And also that they showed. Yep, and they showed bitches getting money every scene. Every scene, there was a woman taking money from a dude or getting money from a dude, whether it was on the sly. To me, it was like a nod to like, this has always been the place where you could do what you need, whatever you needed to do. Uh, You could come here and do it. And I really thought that was a smart way of kind of showing this link. And I think it goes speaks directly to the conversation later between um, Haley and Clifford, where He's like, this is not just sentimental. It's more than that. This place has meant something to my family, to this community. And then they actually showed us what it has meant to the community Mm -hmm. at the beginning. I thought it was really smart kind of bookend to to that part of it, too. Definitely, definitely. Because uh, with Loretta Devine singing the Rita Franklin's version of Until You Come Back to Me, That's What I'm Gonna Do.
which was released in 1972. But um, I do like that over the showing it over the decades, Loretta Devine being the original Effie from Dreamgirls um, back uh, back in the day and seeing the evolution of the, of the uh, pink. And like you said, Leslie, showing the the trade-off of the commerce trade-off of money for the affection of women and basically kind of like showing that this is pretty much a safe space for women to express, to fully express themselves and be able to trade their goods and services and do it in a sense where they're not being threatened by that. And I think that is something that you see in modern day sex work that I think people are pretty much now coming to grips with or coming to terms with that this is actually a legitimate enterprise that women are creating for themselves and it's not something that you look down upon because i know back back in the day you like a girl is a stripper like oh what you a stripper and everything and like well nigga you go to the fucking strip clubs well, i, think I now, do that now but that's so different <laughs> well that well well that's because your own personal experience you gotta, <laughs> yeah so bad experience all around but yeah I do not all I, around just not, just, not with you, not just you. two-thirds not, <laughs> Not you, but like you said, Leslie, where we do see the origin, the little mini origin of Uncle Clifford, who's always been called Uncle Clifford, mm-hmm. uh, running around in the club in the late 80s as a little human carrying carrying the purse. Uh, and that is a callback when Ernestine said Clifford came out the coochie switching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did. So I did like seeing her in her in the, in the younger days. But as Ernestine is concluding her song, she sees another vision of her daughter, Beulah, who's Clifford's mother, who offers her a drink to come to uh, rest with her and let death take her. And I believe that does come from a real thing in folklore where dead often come bearing gifts or vices to the living to entice them to join them. So I really saw that long white robe, too. Uh I saw that robe. I saw that that, long um, white robe. The candy cane in the drink was a good was a good touch too. I was like, <laughs> I saw that. That's some ghetto shit. I love it. Real quick, I just wanted to make a quick correction, Juwan, because Loretta played Laurel in Dream Girls. Okay. Because uh, I just wanted to say that because I don't like to disrespect um, uh, the no, amazing Jennifer um, who played who played Effie. But yes, um, but yeah. Uh, Wait, the movie with Beyonce? She was in that. No, she was well, in she, the original. She, she was in the original yeah. Broadway production of Dreamgirls, and she played this the role. That's why you're in the girls' group. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Is that like a thing? Is what it's a like, thing? Is that like, that known that there was this was before the movie? Yes. 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 Oh, I knew that. I was just testing y'all. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Jennifer Holiday played Effie in that Effie. Uh, in the original cast, and um, was and, it? Um, she, uh, uh, Shirley Ralph played Dina, so oh, those, that, that was the trio that, that originated these roles um, on Broadway. But yes, uh, Loretta Ben Divine is what I'm really trying to say. Love it, mm-hmm. love it, um, love it. Um, yeah, but well, I really like love that set piece. Now I have a question because um, a lot of people have been bringing this up, so I don't know if y'all got this, and this is more so speculation. Um, do you all think? Well, sorry, let me back up. What I've been seeing is that Clifford's mother, Beulah, and I don't remember if she was ever mentioned by name in the first season, but was she the maid for the cows? And thereby being a maid for the cows, would she she be Corbin's mother as well? Oh. And maybe that's that's probably why they're so, they're good friends. Maybe so. 
Yeah. Ooh, you, you know, it's making me think. Now I'm make. Now I'm thinking back to the 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 communication we've seen between Clifford and what's what's Corbin and Corbin. They have yeah. been really. Something's been off around yeah. it. Clifford's always ha- has a little like knowing thing towards him, mm-hmm. um, and that's really interesting. I wonder if you're right, Juwan. I wouldn't be surprised. You heard it here first. Mm. Listeners, that's been around the campfire, but I wonder if that's her brother. So that'll be cool, you know. That, and that may be a season three development. Who knows? But I just found that interesting. Wait, whose brother? Um, Clifford's. Clifford and Corbin. Yeah. Uh, Corbin may be Clifford's brother. Oh, okay. Pay attention, uh-huh. David. Because we don't know who. I, I like um, women we came don't... in here. Mm. Oh God. Anyway, it's not that. It's not that one bitch, is it? No, it's a good. That sounds bad, but another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell that bitch don't ever, don't ever interrupt my show again. <laughs> so. Our nigga. Our. Excuse me. I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I was just. I was. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a hard time. I'm just as giving you, you a hard time. As you heard, I was highly upset. Podcast I listened beat. to that back. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this Patreon uh, listeners, if you want to hear me go off on that on her, um, so Ernestine is being cared for by Lamarcus, who's been staying there ever since the events of last episode. I'm assuming it's been in in uh, context to the timeline of the show. It's probably been like a couple of days that he's been staying there since what happened. Um, and she um, doesn't like Clifford's basic ass chicken and dressing, but Lamarcus is a home chef like me. Um, he makes her a proper plate of smothered pork chops, collard greens, candy yams, and cornbread, and he even has a peach cobbler in, in the, the oven. So I do have something around that. Yes, ma'am. If you recall, again, Loretta Ben Divine was in waiting to exhale, mm-hmm. and when she approaches, when she approaches the fine R.I.P. May he rest in peace, Gregory Hines. She says to him, would you like to have dinner tonight? It's just leftovers, collard greens, cornbread, some candied yams, a little potato salad, fried chicken, peach cobbler, and a few slices of ham. Somebody tweeted at the writer's room and said, hey, was that, an, was that a coincidence? And she, they said, nope, not a coincidence <gasps> at all. Y'all know oh, we love a reference. So they lifted that, that plate from... Waiting to exhale for this episode. Like that I is, said, okay. okay. This, this is why we. This is why we needed you, Leslie, because I because <laughs> I missed it. I haven't seen Waiting to Exhale in a long time, but that's. And what's Waiting to Exhale? Okay. Good night, Devin. Nigga. Good night. It's 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 a movie. This is why I'm not in Black Girls Magic. That's exactly <laughs> why. Again, you, you proved actually how smart love you are. Lila Rashawn in that movie, though. Oh yeah, you would. Mm-hmm. It's sad that you, that you niggas don't think that I've seen Waiting to Exhale with all the <laughs> black women in my family. <laughs> this is why we love him. He, but, yeah. But but have you? Of course. Especially oh. with that big man fucking that fine ass girl. Even though. Oh. Oh, we're going to get to that. Another callback. Even <laughs> you know, though, even though she didn't give him the time of day at first, let that man get his. But, you know. I can give you anything you want, anything you need. Go ahead, my favorite bunk. meme of all time, you raggedy bitch. <laughs> I love <laughs> you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that meme. I use it all the time. Oh, Lord. 
So, little murder remarks to Loretta since, uh, sorry, to Miss um, Ernestine because she can smell all the food that she still has her sense of taste and smell, which is something that is a symptom of COVID that people have been losing their sense of um, taste and smell. And but she says that ain't the only thing I smell. I can smell. I smell the death on you the night that you came over. Yeah, um, she's close. Which I believe that may be kind of referencing that Miss Ernestine is some kind of like soothsayer or some type. Or nah, she's just southern. She's southern, and also she's probably close to the veil right now. You know, yeah, she, yeah. she's 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 real real sensitive, and she was that night because she was already in the throes of this disease when um. Nigga, are you Marcus drinking a juice box? Up. What the fuck? Okay, first of all, nigga, you ain't got to call shit out that oh I do on camera. Oh, my God, Word. And what's wrong? Honest kids taste good. You drink my that juice box, Juwan. Did you take okay. that from my toddlers? I did. No, well, yes, because I have my soju, and I needed to mix it with something, and I didn't want to open a whole bottle of apple juice, so I, I grabbed the juice box out the refrigerator. My Ingenious. Gonna, my two-year-old is going to be pissed. Ingenious. Ingenious. I'm like, yeah, I can't be this high. I'm like, I... <laughs> I made sure I timed this prep correctly. I'm not still that high. Jeez. Yeah. All right. No, I'm sorry. She's still in the bed. I think we're good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Also, my two year old uh, likes to get up and come down to the basement, Leslie, and she just be like, "What y'all doing?" <laughs> my goddaughter, if you didn't know, but <laughs> she's been on the podcast before. She'd be like, "Hi," I'm like, "Go to bed." <laughs> <laughs> I will say Little Murder could have made something other than smother pork chops because it was gross. You don't like well, pork chops? Very rarely. Mm. And I, don't eat I mean, I don't eat it. I haven't made pork chops in a long time, but I kind of, I'm kind of with you. Like, yeah, yeah. But this is Mississippi, so you know, kind of. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I live Mississippi. I just heard the ER when she, when she said what was on that plate. Like, <laughs> goddamn. Soul food. Right. But also it was smart because he was trying to get her to eat because clearly she wasn't. And that's another thing, you know, when people are sick, you're like, you got to eat, you got to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and he fed, he actually fed her too, which yeah. I thought was really beautiful, like physically fed her. And I love that he had his mask on, you know, he was practicing, um, you know, safety, even though he had to be in close proximity to her. Um, it was just really tender. It was really beautiful. Yeah. Little murder is what we could say is a feminist and... A lesbian like myself. Oh my god! I ain't say all of that, but um, uh, I will say I love that she liked Lamarcus though. She was like, "Oh, I like that. I'm gonna, I'm you gonna use that from now on." You know, that was <laughs> cute. That was cute too. I mean, that's his grandmother-in-law. Yeah. Mm. Right. So um, later on in the episode, um, Ernestine ends up escaping the house and she's wandering into the woods, losing articles of clothing along the way. Because uh, that's going to be a trail. And Murder and Clifford find her at the bank of the river mumbling about Clifford's mother. No! 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 Let me go! I gotta get to the water! No! Listen, you know you can't go wave in the Mississippi, girl! She don't look good, Cliff. Oh, I'm coming. Beulah, I'm coming to see you, baby. Oh, oh Beulah. That's my mama. Please. Oh. Oh. We gotta get her home now. I gotta get ready. It's time. If you can't bring me to the water, then bring the water to me. Please. Please. 
Lord, where's you going? Please. Okay. And how she's ready to go um, now, which was kind of sad that, you know, she was resolving herself that she's going to die from this. I hope not. So that remains to be seen later on. But since her symptoms have worsened uh, and she cannot and they will not let her go into the water, she asks for the water to be brought to her. And then LaMarcus goes to get some river water and pours it over her head to baptize her, which also binds the three of them together in Mm -hmm. a spiritual bond. Um, which I thought was really, really beautiful. And mm-hmm. where they kind of so beautifully like, shot that that mm-hmm. that top shot that they had of mm-hmm. that moment was really beautiful. Just those hands going on. Yeah, the just the hands. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Right. And then they carry her back to the house, call the ambulance to take her to the hospital to an unknown fate. And I said, fuck toy forever for giving grandma our grandmama cloak COVID. Oh um, yeah. Toy gotta yeah. go. Toy is a wrap. It's a wrap on toy, like mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. We knew that shit wasn't allergies, girl. And now look, right? Now look. look how you right. want to be. And I appreciated Clifford having that moment where, where she said, you know, why did my grandmother get it, but I haven't. I feel mm-hmm. like that's such a sentiment so many f- folks have had during this pandemic, especially Black people, because it has felt like. You know, there is no rhyme or reason to so much death that we have all witnessed, experienced, seen. And it can feel really overwhelming that that um, randomness of Mm. how COVID, you know, swept through our communities. And I appreciated them making that point as well, you know, because there's guilt that that lives there. Survivors guilt of, of even if. And hopefully pray. We pray that that grandma is, is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still the guilt of the pain that she's going through and the trauma that she's going through having COVID. And Clifford has, a, you know, not. And uh, I appreciated them writing that in as well. Again, yes. just so, so much thought and care put into every word and every line of this script this week. Definitely. I'm nervous for her because that was that was more or less a swan song, but yeah. I mean literal song. Literal so, I mean, song. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know, man. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know what. Let me see what Loretta Divine's up to. You stay busy though. I'm about to say maybe she has something. You know, something you know, going on. You know, stay busy. She stay busy. I know that. It's amazing that she's the uh, voice. Of the uh, one of the one of the toys on Doc McStuffins. Oh and my God, my Charles. girls love that. <laughs> and then uh, she's on this show like pussy bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, she's in a movie this year. Oh really? Well, no, that's already that's already that's, that's, already that's, in, post-production. that's in post production. Never mind. What so. you doing now, Garrett? Hmm. We'll also, the see best what? Black Christmas movie ever this Christmas. I did see that. I think. I think I did see that. You think you did see that? Is that wait a minute, that wait a classic? Is 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 uh, Christopher Brown in that? Yes. Okay, so I did see it. Yeah, she isn't this. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> wait, which Regina is it? Is it Regina King in that in that lingerie that she was oh, wearing girl. when uh, Laz Alonzo cheated on her with a Ooh, white woman? Yep. <gasps> Not my boo. Right. Yes. That and movie is very him. funny, though. That's a it's very a, funny movie. That is a classic. I don't it's understand why we haven't done this as a pod, but clearly, Christmas time this Christmas. Yep, Christmas time this Christmas. Mm-hmm. Edit that out. 
All right. I can't believe you haven't seen that, Jamel. Give me Never your card now. No. <laughs> no, that's not a card movie, but that it is, is a funny. definitely a card movie. No, I don't not. like Christmas movies. So, it is you know. not. It's not a card movie. No. All right, Jim Carrey. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> 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 don't. No, the preacher's wife. The preacher's wife is the only Christmas black card movie that's that's the one that's the one you have to have see that oh see okay see now you talk about now you talk about pulling people car you ain't even seen the preacher's wife denzel and whitney in that i had the cassette tape sus sus i know whitney's a crackhead and (laughs) denzel's dead in that movie oh right if she was if she was here she'd still be crackish oh stop it edit that out isn't isn't denzel dead in that movie no, he, he's, he's like, an angel. Yeah, he's an angel. It's not the right, same. Right, so there's no point. But Courtney B. Vance in it. I mean, it's a lot. Loretta's in that movie too. Yeah, no. Loretta's in everything. So movie. let me just say that's what I mean. This, this, that's the quintessential one. If you ain't seen that, you got problems. But this Christmas, I don't know. That's a little B tier, if I would say. But it is a funny movie. B tier. Wow. So I'm anyway, funny. in your person, okay. So right. <laughs> So anyway, we're gonna move on to what the segment, um, partial segment that I call a mid-autumn's night dream. Oh, this is this is gonna be quick. Did he have Oh my god. So Haley Autumn, Lakeisha Knight, Savage, Robin, Rihanna, Fenty, Colton. <laughs> I love um, how he extends it. Is meeting up with Uncle Clifford to discuss the plans for the club since Promised Land is still interested in the property. You ain't just bought yourself a club. You didn't bought yourself some history. History is important, yes. But so is the future. Look here. We ain't been at each other's throats for days now, and I ain't done nobody no better good. Because I didn't run out of ideas short of killing you. You wouldn't be the first to try. That part. Only thing left to do is to talk. Boss bitch to boss bitch. You ain't gonna talk me out of selling Clifford. I know you think this just some swampland with a crumbling building on top of it, but it's all I got. This is the only thing that's ever been given to me. I can build me another shake, John, but I can't build me no another pint. I didn't save this place off the auction block just to watch it go down in flames. But we didn't brought it all up to cold. Pussy plastic, hippo filters and all. How much longer till it shut down again, huh? I mean, look what just happened to Ernestine. But you better keep my grandmother name out your motherfucking mouth. Six feet. You've been in close contact, correct? Look, that referendum's gonna pass and that casino's gonna come. Me buying the pink was just prolonging the inevitable. The best we can hope for is getting what the pinks actually were. And how, pray tell, do you put a price on the land my ancestors died? We can start with five million. That's what Promised Land just offered me. I'm not gonna take it though. Bitch, what? I mean, good. I'm gonna get what you deserve, Clifford. Your ancestors too. Mm, no, 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 no. What you not gonna do is piss in my mouth and call it Kool-Aid. This ain't about me, child. Or my ancestors. This about you. No, this about the money that saved this club. The money I lost my daughter over, the money that was supposed to give us a new life. This may not be my inheritance, but right now, it's my dream, and I'm not gonna let it go to waste. But Haley, 
that baby gone. Haley is not budging on her intent to sell the building, but Clifford tells her it's not just a building. That is her family's legacy as well, because it was passed down to her. It was the only thing that she was given. And within his walls contains stories of her ancestors. I'm going to pause right here because I have been on record by saying that this is only a building. And I got called out in the uh, feedback that of my assertion that it's only a building. I'm doubling down. It's only a fucking building. I understand that. <laughs> I under, I totally understand oh, that there's history within those walls that, you know, that things are sacred. There are things that you have shared with your family in there. But if people have had these sentimental bonds to every structure that was ever in the world, then no fucking houses will ever get sold. There's no property that can never be sold. If you must, to, let me, let me just that. interrupt you real quick, Juwan, because uh, you, you, as a black you business go. owner yourself, yes. um, let me just say that historically, mm-hmm. when black people own land, own buildings, own things, they are taken from us. Mm-hmm. And so it's beyond just the structure itself, but it is the historical you know, context of who has owned this land mm-hmm. and who hasn't. And I think what Clifford was trying to express is that this is more than just a building. This is a, a, context, a, a connection to a community and a past. And I think that that's valid. It's more than just a structure, but it's not about necessarily the beams of wood. I don't think Clifford is saying you can't build something there. I'm sure if Clifford won the lottery tomorrow, she'd probably build a brand new pink right on that same spot. But land matters, Juwan. And I know you know this. Uh, land yeah, I, fucking matters. Yes, I mean, land, I understand. I totally understand that. Land matters. We have lots of it. But it's just that it's like. It's Y'all heard just, that? Y'all hear that well? Well, I mean, but you know how you know how white people do like uh, like for black folks who have land like I know my parents go through this all the time because their parents own their houses like my grandfather on my dad's side built his house and this is in Texas. So uh, I got to say, you know, what's under the land in Texas. And that's that's on both of my family. That's on both sides of my family. White people regularly call be like, hey, so uh, how can we how much? How much you try to sell for? And they're just like, nothing, unless you talk about billions. Yep. And then I'll even, and then I'll just think about it. I mean, so, we, yeah, we have this case that just happened in, um, what is it? The beach something? The beach, the beach thing in California. California. Same thing, Juwan. You know, you. this is what I mean by it's, it's more than just the structure. It's about ownership of a piece of land that has been historically and generationally in the hands of black people in this community. And now... We talk about that not being the case anymore. And they're so, gonna try and have you undersell it. They're gonna they're gonna try and give you they've it all, been, like they've been ball. And I do agree with you, Liz. I do agree. I'm just being I'm just being really flipping them with my capitalist hat on. But um, <laughs> no, I mean I understand because what Haley was saying, like it made like st- like like business sense. sense. It mm-hmm. did. And even even um Uncle Clifford, she was just like, wait a minute, a couple million now. Hold on now. Like she paused. Um, and then she was just like, oh, nah, I don't think I can do that, man, because like, <laughs> like and that's the thing, because like Haley was, bless her heart, she was trying to come from a good place. Yeah. But Uncle Clifford was just like, nah, nah see, you don't, you just don't understand. You don't understand. And, you know, and, but I, yeah. And maybe that is the case. Maybe if 
Uncle Clifford could just make Haley understand that she can know what the history is and why it means so much, and we just don't need to treat this as flippantly. Of course, I said it's just a building, but I do see, of course, with the flashback that we had earlier with Loretta Devine and the, on the generations of things that took place in that establishment to Clifford's legacy being in there. Yeah. But the other part of that is, and like you said, Jamel, when um when Haley gave her the number. It was mm-hmm. like, really, you turn that down? And Haley said, I want the $10 million. This is going to create a pathway for Clifford, if she plays it right, yeah. to create more generational wealth. Because Haley you know? did have a point. She was just like, girl, how much are we going to have to repair mm-hmm. before we even break even? Like, I'm not entirely mad at Haley for this. I, I mean, I'm really not. It made business sense. Yeah, it's a sound but, argument. It's a, yeah, I, it I thought it was a good exchange of information between the two of them as well. And mm-hmm. they each were very solid and very direct with their positions on the matter. Six feet. Six but, feet. <laughs> but it does but it does make me remember, I don't know if y'all remember, th- there used to be this quote all the time or this little clip they used to play of Master P where he used to talk about how he got offered, you know, ten million dollars for Who is she? For whatever what did you say, Devin? Who's Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Keep going. And he was, and he said, I thought to myself, if these white people are offering me ten million dollars, what's it really worth? Mm-hmm. And that's what my mind kept going through. I'm like, I see Haley driving them up, but also it's clear these white people gonna make way more than ten million dollars off, off this. Of land. The off of the casino. Off of the casino. Off yeah. the waterfront. That's some Marty Bird shit. Yeah, and so it is some Ozarks bullshit mm-hmm. for sure. And so I think that that's what also was running through my head is like how we define value. And I think that's what we were watching is two people defining value very differently um, uh, about a single space, right? Is them expressing what value means to them. I will say Clifford went a little dirty with that little one line about her baby not coming back. Did. I didn't appreciate, yeah, I didn't, appre- yeah, I I didn't like, appreciate that. It caught it cut a little too close to the bone. I was like, look, that's the only thing any of us have any sympathy for this little girl about. And here um, you come cutting close yeah. to the bone. So I didn't that like that. I, it was a little yeah. much. It was a little much for me. Mm-hmm. But I also appreciate Clifford was under some stress. So I'm a, that's I'm, true. A, yeah. I'm a forgiver. Okay. Uh, Jawan might be joking, but I'm totally team Haley. And charity <laughs> starts at home and everybody has a price, as the million dollar man says. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> so uh, later on in the Piggly Wiggly, um, Keyshawn and Inquinsu Ocha, did I get that right? So Ocha, yes, you did. Okay. Are Ac- in the accurate? Are there grocery shopping with Mississippi's royalty check? And because he broke, you know he ain't making none. <laughs> you know right. he ain't getting it. the most non-job having his white man on earth. Mm. Can't and get a job, can't keep a job, can't do nothing. Just useless. Jason you think he been, was the nigga. Jason Listen. has been trying to get Derek Oh, wait, a oops. Job. That's, a, that's a bad stereotype. Edit mm. that up. <laughs> I, I think Jason has been trying to get him a job ever since season one. And, um, but like a he, moon pie to cover allegedly. that black Is he uh, really going to try and get jobs? Or he just going to drink with his dumbass friends? I don't oh, even think none of these job X-Files. interviews are job interviews at all. I don't care how how starched his shirt is. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so did he still try to be in this whole honeymoon phase after the abuse to and playing nice with her by suggesting a family outing to the um outlet? I've been to that outlet by the way. It's really nice. And mm-hmm. her face hasn't recovered from the last time that he uh beat on her. 
Do you see this big ass black eye I got? I'm not going. I love how no. she just kept pointing. To, she just kept saying this over. Mm-hmm. She said it like three times an episode. You know this. Mm-hmm. And he's right like, oh, yeah, 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 my bad. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, I beat your I ass. Right, right, right. Your ass. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot I almost burnt you with an iron. My bad. My bad. <gasps> you right, you right, you right. You right. Mm. And she sees Anam at the end of an aisle motioning to her, and um, she tells Equinsu Osha that she needs to go to the makeup aisle to get some more foundation and concealer to cover Point up to that her situation. Because, you know, oh, with my ass. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to pay for it. Yes, out of her roll check. And um Autumn meets her at the makeup aisle and clocks those bruises on her face, commenting that she's um that she guess she's never used Chekhov's gun. But there are more ways to get out, which we will see come to fruition later. And wait, so wait, did we know that uh Haley gave her the gun? Yeah, they showed yes. Haley giving her the gun. That was the first mm-hmm. season. Yeah, yeah she, oh, she put it in the she put it in her locker, I think. I pay yeah. attention to that. I didn't didn't remember that at all. Right. Yeah, Haley sees herself in Keyshawn so much, you know. Um, Haley being from an abusive household. Yep. So she knows how to talk to her. Yeah, it's been very, and she knows these cues too, you know. She, 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 Keyshawn wasn't fooling Haley. She was probably fooling everybody else up in there, but Uh Haley was like, I clocked that shit. That nigga beating you. What the fuck? Yeah. Right. And Keyshawn hears her babies crying in the other aisle and rushes away because that white man can't stand to hear black people's uh, voices over uh, level one. Right. He's like, you know what I do when these babies start crying? Right. Right. You know, in 20 seconds, you're about to break another fucking arm. Mm. (sighs) I don't know. So do y'all think... We don't normally do predictions on this podcast, but do you think that this is gonna this is gonna come to some end? Like, is Derek gonna be gone? Is he gonna be like gone, gone? Probably yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think by the end of the season he's gonna be gone. He's gonna be the big death. Like they're making us like they're making us want it. Yeah. Mm. I think they they slow played it before. They gave us a you know we they had diamond try and. (sighs) That didn't work, and we felt a little bit like, okay, maybe he's trying to be better. I, I felt like in season one they slow played it more and mm. made it not seem as bad, but now he hitting the babies. I don't. There's no uh-huh. redemption yeah. anymore. They they left that. that on a on the writing room floor. It's, it's a wrap for that dude. He's a mm. whole villain in here. So yeah, mm. I, I don't see him lasting long. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. But yeah, I will um uh, get back to Keyshawn and um. Autumn at, at the end of the episode. So moving on to a segment I call Ho V Wade. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> this nigga is a genius. Sorry. Not Ho V we Oh God. I'm not even way. saying it out loud. Let me just keep it to myself. I, I feel like I should be mad, but I'm kind of not. I love it. Very smart, Juwan. I see you. I see you. you. Kudos. Kudos. (laughs) So, uh, Mercedes is on the phone with Shell's drunk ass to inform her that Terika is going to be staying over a couple of more nights. And um, and Mercedes is like, oh, bitch, it's been three. Okay? Mm -hmm. Like, she's already been gone for two nights, bitch. Three. <laughs> put that damn bottle down. Shell is such a terrible drunk. And what's funny to me about this heel turn of the, that character is the holier than thou position in the they took in the seat first season. And mm-hmm. it just it just took her losing a job. That's it. You took oh, a job, girl, and went right off the cliff. Just, I mean, you still got your house. 
you mm. know, nothing got repo yeah, yet. Yeah. You, you, I'm like, you ain't even lost much except for your station, I guess, or, or, you know, yeah. whatever she thought was giving McDonald's her McDonald's is hiring. Like literally, child, <laughs> you got a car still that you got your teenage daughter driving you around and drunk. Your house, clearly the mortgage is still getting paid. I don't see no eviction notices nowhere. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't got food in the fridge, but that's a different conversation. But mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, dang. You was hanging on by that little bit of a thread? Lord. But what that kind of d- job was this? What kind of job was you doing? But also this mother, it's the mother, that that grandmother. She She mm. better get on that pole. Mm. Mm. Better get on that pole. Mm. That's right. Mercedes right. know how to make some money. That's right. Well, she well, she knows how to make the money. She don't know how to keep the money. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> a strong suit. Yes. So Shell does try to complain about it, but Mercedes tells her, I can smell that cheap ass Moscato through the phone with your drunk ass. How do you get chalk off? Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't understand that either. Moscato, <laughs> girl, okay. It's like water. It's like. Step your pussy up. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we not like Moscato? I mean, no, it just you're not gonna get wasted off Moscato. How yeah, much you gonna like, drink a case of it? Like, come on. Moscato is damn near lemonade. It's not even like worth the effort if you're trying to really get fucked up to drink Moscato. I mean, you can have it, whatever's fun, toast, have a little fun. But a drunk, that's not mm-hmm. gonna be their drink of choice. I just think Absolutely. it's ineffective. That's what that's mm-hmm. what I think. It's just not effective. Um, I mean, unless she's drinking like 15 bottles in literally. one night, a whole but case a night. She did say yeah. a case, which it does take that much to get drunk off of Moscato. So, um, so uh, Terika tries to avoid the subject of talking about her um, pregnancy, and Mercedes is like, "Okay, I see you." <laughs> and she says that she wants what uh, ice cream with sprinkles and hot sauce on top of some shit. And Mercedes is like, "Oh yeah, bitch, yeah, you real pregnant, you pregnant." You real pregnant. <laughs> And offers to take her to TCBY because she's having um, cravings. Pause for, um, uh, I was going to ask Jamel as a person who buried a child on the podcast. Had you had I was cravings? I going to say as a person who hates uh, ice cream dates, but go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> so ha- what, what were your cravings when you were pregnant? Child. So the first time I liked, I, mean, I wanted chocolate chip waffles mm-hmm. all the time, especially at dinner. Um... And then I wanted Chick-fil-A and milkshakes. Mm. I swear to God, I was going to say milkshakes. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, you do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably drink them on the podcast. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I would have Chick-fil-A pie, like, and, and milkshakes, but I sometimes I would have um, chocolate chip waffles for dinner. Mm. That's and nice. my husband would be like, yeah, my husband would be like, really? Really? I'm like, if you don't want to make them, I will. I have a, I have a waffle iron. <laughs> oh, they weren't egos. No, nigga. No, you gotta make them from scratch. Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I didn't want that. But you know what? I didn't want. I did. I could not stand the smell of fried chicken. Really? Uh, uh-uh. mm. I hated it. Every, every, anything fried, I'd be like, you better get that shit from around me. I've heard that. Um, I've heard that people have that women who are pregnant, people who are pregnant, have an aversion to um meat or cooked meat. Um, well, I don't know about all that. Or the smell, rather the smell of it. Um, mm-hmm. so I've heard that. Also, Devin, if you watched the um that last episode of the shy, that's also a little bit of a plot point in there too. Um, about I the did, but I have no idea what you're talking about. 
that the young lady, the person that's pregnant on that show. Anyway, uh, I thought she was just a vegan anyway. She she doesn't eat dairy. She ate oh. the chicken. She didn't eat dairy. Um, but Selena, she she did. I don't remember her having. I don't think she had like cravings, cravings for real. But I remember she drank a lot of milk. We went through a gal. I swear we went through a gallon of milk every couple of days. Really? When she, when she was when she was pregnant. My mom said that it was good for you. Mm, I drank right. almond milk. <laughs> mm. I, yeah, I, like almond milk. I like how you said it too with your country ass. What? Oh, oh sorry, almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. That's almond milk call it a damn day. Whoa. <laughs> I was just recently in Texas, guys. But Yikes. I tested negative. So we could. Congratulations. You, you know they're different down there, so I have <laughs> That's true, Dale. You know, Guns and Rona. Guns and Rona, exactly. Um, same in Alabama. So um, Mercedes offers to take her to the TCBY, and Terrica asked the driver, Mercedes, like, hell fuck no. My insurance does, does not cover your 14-year-old ass. I am not sure. I mean, okay. if she has a partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just, I only mentioned that because it's going to be its gonna be a callback to the end yeah, of it. Yeah, no, that. I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. But, I'm, uh, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was a, a cute moment. So Terrica is being incredulous and starts singing along to uh, Megan Thee Stallion and Carly B's uh, WAP, which stands for Wet Ass Pussy. That wasn't uh, necessary. <laughs> Liz, uh, okay, I can't even lie. She was doing a lot. She was being real petulant. Extremely. Yeah, like every scene was proven. Like, oh, you ain't ready to be no mom. Like, nobody honestly, mama. When Mercedes popped her in the mouth, I was like, oh. but then I was like, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't hit you know, don't hit your kids, but if anybody deserved it. Mm. Let me not. You can edit. Jamel just went full Chris Rock. <laughs> Don't beat your kids, but I understand. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's like it's not right, but I understand. Because mm-hmm. she was she was doing a lot. Right, and she turns off that radio because Terika don't need to talk about nobody pulling shit out, especially in her condition. Mm-hmm. And she does see that they're passing by the TCBY, which I didn't know they were still open. Cause that's we what I. Open. That was the question uh, I had. Like I didn't. Y'all? I didn't even know they still existed. Mm, maybe in Mississippi, but we only have Cold Stone Creameries down here. <laughs> Y'all don't have Baskins? Uh, oh yeah, we do. We don't. Baskin. Nobody goes to Baskins for ice cream. Baskin. What you, you go there for? What? Breakfast and I don't think I know Baskin people go to Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins? They have food flavors. Baskin Robbins. Oh, fuck this me. I'm thinking, was... I'm thinking about Dunkin' Donuts. Nigga, <laughs> <laughs> are you? Because they're connected. Stop drinking that. Stop drinking They are connected. Juice. It's off. It's often a double. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, you know. Mm. But no, we. So we, I think we do have a couple of Baskin Robbins, but mostly Cold Stone Creamers. And what's in North, what's in North Carolina? What's Listen. in North Carolina? Ice cream wise? Yeah. We just she have the regular. Because she doesn't eat ice cream on dates, but yeah, I don't, I don't oh, think. Come on. I don't think there's like a chain here. Um, there are a lot of little mom and pop, um, ice cream places at least here in Charlotte. I don't think that there's like one, uh, specific one. What's you know, that one? Cold Stone Creamery is down here for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is Carvel still in, in business? Carvel's only up north though. Northeast. They're all is Carvel. gone, aren't they? What's Carvel? Carvel is a a New York based ice cream chain. Oh, if you yeah. ever heard of Cookie Puss, that's from uh, Carvel. Whoa. Oh. The Cookie Puss cake. Oh my. Google it. Google it. Google it. Google it. I've been intrigued. Right. I I'm love kinda, some a good. I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> but Carvel is in the grocery store now, and you could just get them cakes. 
Oh, really? little crunchies <laughs> in them and stuff. Yeah, they have <laughs> also, I love ice cream. Not a fan of ice cream cake. I love ice cream. Cake. I'm kind of with you on that, Devin. I like I'm, ice cream cake, but I don't like ice cream cake that has real cake in it. Those are trash. I like my ice cream and cake separately. The ones I, that I, had the little crunchy things in them. You know what I'm talking about? I like those yeah, ice I do. cream cakes. Those are good. I don't, I don't yeah, like cookies. I'm kind of so. with you, Devin. I don't really like ice cream cake, too. Right. Well, fuck both of y'all. <gasps> I love ice cream because I love ice cream cakes. I don't think cakes. we deserve that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's for, I'm getting one for my Clutch birthday. Clutch the pearls. Damn. So, um, Get you a Sam's cake. It'll change your life. Now, hold on, nigga. <laughs> they have the best birthday cakes. We have okay. Edgar's. Okay. I don't know. I need y'all. don't have Wegmans, but uh, no. No. Wegmans is superior Everybody to everything we're trying to talk about. Period. Everybody has Sam's. Mm. We don't. They have the, y'all they do. have the best birthday cakes. You we do have Sam's. Some, well, we don't have them close. Okay. We got a BJ's and a Costco, but mm. Sam's Club we don't have. Them. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so they're passing by that TCBY, and Mercedes tells um, Terica. Um, plot twist, you little hoe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking your ass to the pink house in Jackson. Now, um, I already know Leslie. I'm sure you've heard of Leslie. Yeah. Um, Jamel, have you heard of the pink house in Jasmine? I have. Jackson. Okay, I know Devin has not. Um, but um, I do. Mm, really explain it, because I'm about to. You want to explain it? Unless I need Let's to. not even do that. That's just dumb. It's, a place. Say it's a place. It's a place. <laughs> Starting <laughs> so the bar so low, y'all. It's a place, y'all. The pink house in, in, in a, Jackson. The, yes, the pink house in Jackson <laughs> is a women's health clinic which specializes in abortion health care for women, uh, which I believe was in operation up until the decision came down. I didn't corroborate this, but someone told me that it is currently closed or that the building is up for sale. I'm not sure about that because it still had other healthcare services that they provided. Um, so, listeners, if you're actually interested about learning more about the Pink House in Jasmine, Jackson, I don't know why I said Jasmine, but Jackson, that um, This American Life actually did a really in-depth story about the Pink House and also how it related to the Supreme Court decision. But I did find that to be a nice touch to the episode. By the way, the Pink House in Jackson was the only abortion clinic in Mississippi. In the whole state. Say, yeah, I the whole was state. like, wait, you can even do that in Mississippi? When they yeah. were the same, oh, they Jackson, were the I was only just ones. like, really? They were the only, they were the only um, operating in the state, and they have, uh, so yeah, I'll come in with a little a little organizer work. Sorry, y'all. Thank you. Uh, so it has uh, closed. It, um, it closed its doors um, in July, so just earlier this month, um, and it was the only abortion clinic in the whole state. Um, it obviously was in a state of chaos already in the context of since the leak happened between the leak and when it closed. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's very sad, but I really appreciate that. The, one of the things that P-Valley has always done so well as being so authentic about the realities of Mississippi's life, whether it's, you know, fire haircutting or mm-hmm. the pink yep. house in Jackson, you know, uh, just really staying true to the realities of people that live in Mississippi. And I think it's important because when we talk about abortion care and access, that Southern states and specifically black people in the Southern states are the ones that are going to be uh, most affected by this decision and the aftermath. And so I really just thought it was so special um, 
to to have that be uh, so specific, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a uh, a random name of a place. It was mm-hmm. really specific about the pink house. And so, yeah, I thought again, Katori just always makes sure that all these little touches are so authentic and so so specific. Um, so yeah, uh, they, they have they have clothes. They have since closed. And that's um. That's sad. This country, man. Uh, so, so moving on, Terika asked Mercedes to pull over uh, so she can uh, vomit, and she's still trying to avoid this conversation about what her options are. And she didn't and, even know how how far along she is, because yeah, clock is gonna start ticking. Right, yeah. right. And she's spouting uh, some misinformation about abortion causing cancer that she heard from somebody's dumbass backwoods mama. <laughs> they didn't know what she was talking about. You ambushed me. Yeah, because you been hiding out of my house for three days and don't want to tell me what you want to do about this baby. Because I don't know. Well, you better start knowing. I will. Just give me a chance. When? In the delivery room? At the baby pre-K graduation. When she go to the prom? When you going to decide? Just stop! T, man, you got to get serious about this. Pregnancy life and death for us. You know Serena Williams and Beyonce damn near died giving birth. Died? Yeah, and there wasn't no 14 with their hips barely set in. That's why we gotta go down to this consultation down in Jackson at the clinic. Consultation or an abortion? Cause that's the only reason why anybody pregnant go down to there. It is an option to consider. Jaleesa said that, Taylor said that, her mama said that getting an abortion gives you cancer. Well, Jaleesa, Taylor, and her bald-headed whole mama ain't got two brain cells between the three of them. Ain't nobody getting no cancer from an abortion. Like I said, we just need to see what your options are. At the very least, get some damn prenatal vitamins. Prenatal vitamins? So you think I should have the baby? Ain't nobody said that. So you think I shouldn't have the baby? I ain't said that neither. So what you saying? Oh, no. I just know we ain't got all the information yet. So we're going to go down to Jackson, both of us. Now get in the goddamn car. And, uh, and it was like yeah. four degrees. It's always that dumb story here. Well, so and so, so and so, so and so, so and so, sister said, "Shut up." I love what the technician was just like, "Girl, what? No, <laughs> who told your ass that? Who told you that dumb shit?" Mm-hmm. But yeah, the technician just... was so great too. Right. I love that scene because you know she was like, "No, cancer is not on the list. These are the these are the risks." But just be clear, those are the same risks you have with giving birth to a child. There is right. no difference in the the risk factors. Um, and I also love that. Um, yeah, just all of that scene. The information was given, but it was given in such a like real conversational way. It didn't feel preachy, which I have heard many shows try to talk about abortion and it feels like a fucking after school special almost. suddenly. You know, they didn't do that with this. It was very much around how regular people would talk to each other about this issue as they're dealing with it in the moment. And it was really, really well done. Well, Mercedes yes. was just like, you know, Beyonce and Serena Williams almost died. From this shit, girl. Literally, you, girl. You, Who, need you, you need a yeah, tip. and right, like, cause she was just like, listen, we're not going to get one. I'm getting you some information, and if yep. you want to get an abortion, awesome. I mean, I'm not gonna show you how happy I'll be, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, make your own decision, girl. Make your but own you decision. need to do something. Because right now those... you're running out of time to do whatever you need. Right. To do. Like, listen, uh, you get, listen, I <sighs> kind of want you to get one, but mm-hmm. I'm going to let you come to that decision. I'm going to just give you all the information you need and pray you don't make me a grandmother. That's also, right. you're going to hell if you do it. Oh, bye. Okay. I was Cut that was a joke. She said that in the I episode. Oh no, I know, because she was just like, "Well, if you go, I'll be there right with you." Right. Right. And they had I those flashbacks that, although... to um, when they were in the diner too. I love that flashback that what Mercedes had. We 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 about to get into it. In okay, sorry, my bad, my bad. Oh. Jumping ahead. So after stopping at the diner, so Terica can pee, uh, because now she because she got about maybe another month pregnant while she was on the ride there. Um, <laughs> so Mercedes sees a mother and a daughter talking through the window, and she has a flashback of a time between her and uh, Patrice. Uh, when Patrice's broke ass can't afford Waffle House and tells her to go flirt with a man at the bar for breakfast. Now, mm. we, the That's question looking that y'all, at her, too. That is looking at her, but this is the question that y'all asked, because I think that it was a little bit confusing online that people thought that Patrice was pimping Mercedes, yeah. yeah, tricking her out, so to speak, to have sex with this man. But, uh, and I think, and I said, like, I think it's about flirting. And mm-hmm. people said, no, because somebody in season one where Mercedes had, had said something to Patrice. And I was like, okay. So, Katori Hall, friend of the show, said that um, it was supposed to be that Patrice asked her to just flirt with the man. Uh-huh. It wasn't going to be, it wasn't a sexual favor. Um, well, about, my, my about that. that. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Mercedes says like, no, nah, mama, I'm not going to do that. Um, I got money and she opens up her wallet, but Patrice sees the um, gold edge of a magnum in her wallet and proceeds to beat the dog shit out of Mercedes in, in public. The, in the in middle, the of, middle of this diner. Lord. Right. It was, giving, it, it, it was giving what's love got to do with it. Very much. Right, right. It, yeah, that's a good, that's, yeah, that's a uh, tragic but uh, good reference, Jamil. But yeah, and the, and the dude that was looking at her like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. You uh-huh. don't, don't, miss, don't miss with the merchandise. So, couple, um, couple things. One, what's, what's love got to do with it? Bitch, you better be joking. Nigga. Anyway, be- go ahead. Bitch, just, you just, better be joking. Just, <laughs> okay, man. And number, number two is I was also offended by this scene, but why she got to carry a Magnum? Can she carry around a regularly sized condom for the rest of us out here? Technically, Magnums are regular size. I was going to say, it's just a brand, dude. Oh, really? You telling on yourself, but it's okay. I mean, right on. They're regular for <laughs> black people. <laughs> not all of us. Not all of us. Not all of us. I mean, <laughs> like, don't get your hopes up if you if you trying to fuck with Devin, bro. I mean, I've never got to use one anyway. I don't but even let's know. just say I... I've never attempted to wear one Listen, of those. Devin is a strong supporter of Roe v. Wade because he hates condoms. A thousand percent. <laughs> Nobody. So he's just like, Listen. No, none of us on this podcast uses condoms. So, no. yeah. so especially yeah. not Magnums, ladies. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> just letting you know. Devin is single, ladies. Right. For a reason. Um, with, with, <laughs> with, a, with a very standard size pee. <laughs> but there but was a line that that, that Mercedes will. said at the beginning of that scene. And she said, where are we going to sleep tonight? Mm. 
Yeah. And I caught that. I was like, so they're houseless. They're unhoused mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But Mercedes is making money somewhere. Mm-hmm. She got cash in her wallet. Patrice is not making no money nowhere. And Patrice's response was, oh, I have a friend who said we could stay on his couch for a few days. And I thought that there had been references before that Mercedes said to her mom about her basically saying that she allowed men to abuse her. And so I thought this was a reference to that, where they're unhoused and now she's taking this young girl into... Um, these men's homes to stay and who knows what's happening. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel They're this is a, a familiar there. time, a tale, <laughs> I should say, but I caught, I peeped that, that they were, that she had that little comment she made, or she had a friend who, who was going to let them stay with him for a while. And I was like, um, that don't sound safe. Yeah. Like well, that could be a retcon, uh, Leslie, because Katori did say that she meant it to come across as just that Patrice was asking her to be to be flirty. But I do remember back in season one that Mercedes did make reference to uh to Patrice putting her in dangerous situations uh with me and and this could also allude to the fact that since she, like you said it's like they're staying over this friend's couch that Patrice was the one that was quote unquote hoeing mm. uh for you know for food uh doing it for uh doing it for like um a place to stay which is tragic it's very very tragic you know she felt that she had to do that but this is all goes to that all goes to the generational trauma that patrice has inflicted on mercedes and that mercedes is trying to the best of her ability but having these these cracks and these moments that slip out where she's inflicting that upon Terica, and they're trying to break. Kind of a dancehall. Yeah, and and Laurel. I mean, look, all of each of these generations is fucked up. And there was this one scene. I remember what episode it was where Mercedes specifically mentioned that she um, developed early, and that it wasn't her fault that that happened. Yeah. She she named that she was considered a woman earlier than she was prepared to be considered one because of how early she developed her breasts, developed her ass, developed generally speaking as a woman and as a young girl. And I really to me, that was like a, a little seed of kind of like Mercedes herself coming to terms with like this isn't her fault. Right. What happened to her was not her fault. Um mm-hmm. But she was treated a certain way because of how she looked and how early she looked that way. And I I really appreciate them telling that part of the story, too, because I know for so many of us black girls that that has been something that we experience, that we are hypersexualized at such young ages. You know, I remember a a couple of years ago that there was something on Twitter people were sharing. It was the first time that you were catcalled on the street. And most black women were like 10, 9 11 literally those are the ages really start being seen that way and and spoken to that way in public and so i appreciated them having mercedes really come you know talk about that directly as well right and and true true i appreciate i appreciate it i just want to say i am sorry black women and i love you for what y'all have to deal with i really am devin the feminist ladies thank you all right, I love my black. Devin is single, ladies. I know, right? <laughs> See, I didn't say that sarcastic. I'm back on black. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am so happy for you. I am so happy. Keep it that way. Thank you. At least for you, at least for you, because you know. I won't. You, I won't. I ain't gonna say I'm not gonna 
tiptoe back to pink nipples well, every now well, and then. Okay, <laughs> well, well, I don't care who you date, but you're you're you've been a little bit reckless with your with your choices. <laughs> your chosen white woman is god awful. Wow, some, you're not even picking quality white women. There's some, wait, wait, I have that, I have some quality is. great white women friends. Mm. Sarah is top tier. Come on, you and me. Mm. Mm. We we all approve of Sarah, right? We approve of Sarah, Sarah but Sarah, Sarah is, is a Mary. Sarah is Mary. What that got to do with No, anything? I said I have great white woman friends. Uh-huh. Well, find you a Sarah that's single. Then how about that? Yeah. I've been telling yeah. Sarah for years to clone herself. She won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so later on the road, uh, Terika is texting Kellen, uh, who's the baby's father. Uh, allegedly, and tells Mercedes that. And tells Mercedes I'm glad you that, said it, so I didn't have to. <laughs> and she tells Mercedes that Kellen wants to keep the baby, and all the pipe dreams that he's um, trying to sell to her. And Mercedes tells her that that's the same shit that her trifling ass daddy Cortez was talking to until she got pregnant. And Terrica tells her, "Bitch, I ain't you with your jealous hoe ass." And Mercedes cocks back. Pops her smacking him out. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I'm sorry. I'm not mad at it because Terrica was being an ass. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I know what y'all gonna say. But I'm not mad at it. Once again, I go back to this show. The realism of this show is what I always go back to. So I can say I don't condone whatever the fuck. But also, that was a real fucking scene. Because... What you're not going to do is try and cut me in this car around my own trauma while I'm trying to help your trash ass right here, right now, okay? Because your drunk mother is not going to help you at all. And in mm-hmm. fact, you just heard her say she ain't even want you and she regrets and da, 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 all this shit that she just heard Laurel say a few weeks ago. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. I always be fucking up her name. Shell. Shell. Anyways, yeah, so I, I, again, I do not agree with corporal punishment, and I think that we should not be hitting our children, and that mo- that that moment was real as hell, and what that was was Mercedes, the person, reacting, not Mercedes, the mom. I, that's mm-hmm. how I took it. I really felt like she took that personal, you know, mm-hmm. like that Michael Jordan meme, and I took that personally. Pat. That's, that's right. That's yeah. right. Again, I, un- I also understand as well. I understand. I understand. I don't hit, I, listen, I don't hit my children uh, but I'm not mad. I'm not mad at Mercedes. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so they arrive at the clinic and see the anti-abortion protesters. I hate these fucking people. Outside of the building screaming, holding up various signs, including Black Lives Matter signs that they have co-opted and appropriated for their cause. And as they make it past the um, gauntlet, Mercedes remarks that they only care about black lives in the womb up until the point that they are born. The, you know, they don't have shit to do with them after they're born at all. Yep. And uh, she does have another vision of Patrice standing in the crowd with those protesters. Once again, Katori doing this because, like, and you know, Liz, I'm sure you echo this as well. One of the things I really hate about the anti-abortion movement is that um, they have co-opted Black Lives Matter, which was, of course, a sentiment for our literal lives by the extrajudicial killing of black people by hands of the the police. Yeah. But they co-opted that to 
just say, well, we really want black children to survive and black women should not be having abortions and everything, sure, and everything which is a choice that every woman should make for themselves. But really, they don't fucking care about, no. you know, black lives for real. They just it's just all about scoring points. It's you not know. even about scoring points. I mean, like, let me, we could go through all the reasons why this anti-abortion movement is, exists, because I don't even like to call it pro-choice or, or uh, whatever they try and call it, pro-life, whatever. They're not pro-life at all. They're, they're, absolutely they're, not pro-life. They are, they're I, anti-abortion for very specific reasons. But one of the things that's really ridiculous about it is <laughs> in a state like Mississippi where um, you find them at the bottom, education, the bottom, child protective services, uh, support for new mothers. All of the things that you would need to take care of a child outside the womb do not exist in Mississippi. And it is notorious the the uh, because you see, as we mentioned, the Pink House was the only abortion clinic in the state. So you, you can imagine the entire state's uh, anti-abortion movement very concentrated and focused on the single entity, the single building. And so the scene that they played out is very, very common. Even the day that they closed down, they had these assholes outside screaming at doctors, repent, repent, you know, hypocrites, da-da-da, all of this bullshit. It's constantly happening there. So they don't give a shit about women's lives, people's lives, anybody's lives. Uh, This is all about preserving control that's what it is about preserving control so yeah it's it's trash but i again the realism was there they they showed exactly what it would have felt like to go to the pink house and try to get services from there and also they didn't just offer abortion services it just happened to be one of the services that they offered just like so many clinics going for information for information this this girl hadn't even made up her mind and um, and so, yeah, and Mercedes said, it, if at the worst case or, you know, if you don't decide to do that, we'll make sure you get your prenatal vitamins. Make sure you get your, the things that you need to take care of yourself. And that little girl looked at vitamins, looked at her like, <laughs> what? Vitamin? What you? I got to oh, take vitamins? Take that girl. Goes, oh, My God, jeans don't, don't fit. Bitch, you're I pregnant. Don't. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Can we go? Can we just breeze past I, I do have one thing, though, because you did mention those jeans. And I want to mention that Mercedes ass was assing in said jeans during this entire scene. Thank you, Deborah, for bringing some levity to uh, the yes. intellectual conversation yeah. that we were um, that we were having hey. with your <laughs> level of sexism. I appreciate that. That is why I am on the pod. Mm. I mean, it is. It is. He's right. <laughs> mm. No. I mean, you're an ass man, and I noticed. I was like, look at those baskets. Oh, no, I definitely noticed. I, ain't <laughs> <laughs> I, just, yeah, I just didn't notice. say nothing. I oh, okay. Didn't notice. I just okay. Was, thank you for calling it out. Right. So, um, I'm saying we, we cannot talk about this scene I, and not talk about her walking off. And I'm like, God <laughs> damn. Sorry, go ahead. I got to get it where I can fit in. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So during the exam, the practitioner confirms that Terika is a little over 14 weeks pregnant since it was under Shell's drunk-ass roof that she was doing that, she gives um, them all the actual facts about abortion and tells them that the decision does have to be made within 24 hours because she is on the cusp of no return. All right. 14 weeks, four days. Right on the cusp. That's my baby? Yes, dear. So you just gonna suck it up? If that's what you decide. 
Hey, you sure I won't get cancer? No. Who said that? There are risks if you decide to have an abortion. Bleeding, infection, blood clots. But guess what? All of those risks are also associated with childbirth. She got to choose right now? She'll have to wait the state mandated 24 hours. But yes, the window is closing. Like, girl, you need you need to decide now. And meanwhile, she's talking about going to the outlet to get to get Mojin. Girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there's a 24 hour there was a 24 hour waiting period window, in, yeah. um, in Mississippi as well. When even mm-hmm. when you were able to get an abortion there. So I again just the facts, just really telling this story with such nuance and specificity. I love it. I love it. Right. So at the motel, they put their feet in the pool because, you know, black people don't get all the way in the pool. And, and Especially gets, not black women. Not with that hair. What you talking about? Right. Oh, no. <laughs> not happening. Right. And they're getting splashed by the kids. And Mercedes like, why are these kids, these little badass kids splashing? And that's your future. And mm-hmm. Mercedes checks some old ass R. Kelly looking dude, or not R. Kelly looking, but R. Kelly ass dude for looking at Terica, which was She's a nice, nice, nice little touch. What's uh, she her. looking at? Was he looking at her? Because I thought he was definitely looking at he her. He's definitely looking at her. Yeah. Oh, because I thought like, I thought he was looking at Mercedes like I was. I'm like, no, he was, de- he was definitely looking, at, looking at her. I've had I this was. experience with my nieces on vacation. I don't even let them walk around like the resort by themselves, and mm-hmm. I just I would be screaming, "They're 16." Because mm. these dudes are trash. Mm. That's true. And um, t- and um, Mercedes tries to give her a little bit more insight about hard, about how hard motherhood is, and the things that she could be missing out on as far as like traveling, having you know school and new experiences. But you know, Terika is still trying to be avoiding the conversation. And back in the room, Terika, who now looks about six months pregnant. <laughs> Tries to uh, chastise Mercedes. It is hilarious because she did get bigger by the episode. <laughs> she got bigger. She did. She did. She, I will agree. I think they they made it much more obvious. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and just tries to chastise Mercedes again about not being in her life full time and how she's gonna be a better mother to her child, even though she has no money, no plan, no stability, and a nigga that don't even have a part time job. Mm. But they're gonna figure it out. And I know Jamel that you said that you dislike Terika's attitude. That you I just know like- I know she's a child though. So yeah. I mean I'm giving her some leeway, but just like bro, bro, just shut up. Yeah, but I think she's a child and she's a child with like the most intensive mm-hmm. hormonal situation happening inside That's her body. Oh, yeah, she, has she really has on. absolutely no. And you know it's funny. Mercedes made reference to this. She's like, you don't even know how long, how far along you are. You shouldn't be having sex if you don't even have regular periods yet. She made this yeah. like comment about like your shit ain't even regulated yet. You're not even on a nor a regular cycle. You and probably so just had one period. Girl. Literally, barely <laughs> even out here. Uh, yeah, all all that I really again just just I'm giving being Terrica so a hard factual time. about it. No, because I'm I, her a hard time, but, but like, I, I think understand. teenagers don't realize in those moments, right? And also, because they're still I, kids, I think she was really hurt by the fact that this is her mom, and her mom never came and got her, and you know all those things are valid. Why didn't you show yeah. up to my skate party when I was seven? Why didn't you ever come and make the visits that we had? I mean, those are valid things to yeah. call Mercedes on, right? Yes, uh, yeah, true. And I, I think it was fine for her to say those things. She felt them, and of course, as she's contemplating her own 
possible motherhood, those are the things that are going to, you know, come into I'll her mind. I'll never do this to my I child, won't yeah. do that to my kids, you know, that kind of thing. I think it was so, very... Leslie, you were saying she was hurt, but was it on her poison? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Because if you keep it on your poison, then that really shows that you're hurt. Because I am hurt. <laughs> Let's go. Let's move on. So Terika locks herself in the bathroom and Mercedes, who doesn't want to lose the room deposit, otherwise she would have tore that fucking door down, lets her live. And she does see another vision of Patrice in the mirror as her own reflection because this goes back to the whole theme about generational curses between mother and daughter. Um, So I thought that was a nice little touch. And by the way, I, I need to um, reach out to Harriet for again uh, because I really want to talk to her about how her portrayal of Patrice is and how she can how she reaches into herself and what is she pulling out to portray such a character a that is woman. a hateful woman who is extremely abusive but also knowledgeable to the fact of the needs of the community as well. So I want to understand, like, the, how does she play the duality of that character? And also, that? she gets sexier by the episode. She, Yeah, well, you, you know, know, she's not really that old. So No, she's one, she's not really that old, but also you it's know how showing. Power, I don't watch that show, but you know how they have all these iterations of Power and they're going we back, do. whatever. If I had to pick a single character that I would want to see the backstory on and spun off into a show, it would be Patrice. I want to know what the fuck happened to that woman. I want to know about how she grew up, what her young life was like, how she was as a mother to these two girls. That would be a really great show. So, Katori, Katori, if you're listening, get on it. Get on it. Spread it mm. the show. Let's spread it out. Let's make a whole P Valley world. I'm into it. <laughs> into it. Into it. So, um, I need the big bone spinoff. That's what I need. <laughs> Mm. So for sure. Well, I ain't gonna say it. So Terika comes mm. out of the bathroom and they have a healing moment together as Mercedes does reassure her that she will always be there to support her in her house because she is formally inviting Terika that she can stay that she can stay there because Shell is gonna be too drunk to remember she moved out anyway. <laughs> the problem is like she could. She been wanted her to move in. This is why, at least I feel like I. I don't want to speak for you, Jamel, but I am. Like, well, we're team uh, Mercedes because she's been wanted her there, but logistically yeah. she can't get her there. It was just the logistics. Mm-hmm. Now she's just like, you know what? Fuck the logistics. My child needs me. Right. So, I, I'm still like, she's not really being fair to her mother. I mean, she's, she's always wanted her there. Well, she's still hurt, and that doesn't just go away now, automatically. Stuff that she's missed. I agree with that. Like, okay, yeah, she's missed stuff, but the, the, her not being in the home with her—that's not her fault. Mm. But I think, but I we, think that's not that—that's also not for the child to have to parse out, right? Yeah. So the mm-hmm. adult in the situation is the person that's responsible for the circumstances, right? And, and we, I, we understand. Down. We understand Mercedes didn't have control over everything, but I also don't think that. I we can't expect Terika to care about that. She heard the conversation. They don't give a shit. She does. We got to remember that she's fifteen though. Yeah. Oh, I'm so kidding when I call her dumb. (laughs) Yeah. No, but you are dumb at fifteen. I mean, for real. Not not the smartest time in anybody's life. I mean, I know I'll be seeing these little articles about these kids getting into medical school at fourteen or whatever. Good God bless them. Uh, Mm -hmm. but 
also, yeah, this is not the smartest time of your life, period. I mean, it's a lot going on all, all over the place. On. Everything. It's awful. Mm-hmm. So zero out rap- of ten. Wouldn't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> so wrapping up this particular segment. That's what she should have did. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so the next morning, Terika asks what she sh- again asks what should she do, and Mercedes gives her the keys and the choice to drive and the choice to choose her own destiny. To either it's go. Like I'm good either way. Uh, you can either but go back please. to, the, you know, go back to Chuckalisa or to the clinic in Jackson. And during the drive, Terika makes a decision to go to uh, turn right to go to Jackson, have the procedure, and Mercedes is in the passenger seat. Like, look, oh they, my god, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was like, what did y'all, god. what did y'all think? The way I cheered. Audibly, oh, okay. I literally was like, "Please turn, please turn, please turn." I was like, mm-hmm. literally sitting there, like praying, "Please turn, please turn, please turn." Mm-hmm. You, I, you, 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 you're not smart and you're young, but you're smarter than this girl. Come on, come on, girl. Did come y'all on, think that she was gonna go the other way? I did not. I, we actually Rest. paused yeah. it, and Drew and I were like, "What do you think she's gonna do?" I said, "She's gonna go to Jackson. Um, she, she's gonna understand that she's not ready for any of this, and that she really does just want to have fun um, and be in a dance crew and do all the dumb shit she's been doing, uh, and go to TCBY or whatever." So it's time I, to, to celebrate. Me, yeah, to me it was like, yeah, it, and, and I felt like part of this was empowering her, right? Mercedes mm-hmm. was you know, literally and figuratively putting the keys in her hand and letting her decide. And to me, that was the most powerful thing Mercedes could have done for her daughter, which is to say, I trust you enough to make the right decision for yourself. And when you have that kind of responsibility, often it makes you really think differently. Um, Terika's really been a child that has let, let everybody make decisions for her up until this point. There hasn't been a lot of autonomy she's been a bit of a brat very spoiled uh very demanding and this is the first you know moment in her life where she's been confronted with no this is you nobody is going to be here to um you know to make this decision for you You have to do it for yourself and it also was a great i think healing moment for mercedes to be able to have that moment with her own child that she didn't have for herself and it was just again just great writing really great writing one thousand percent, as Devin was saying. Um, My mix. <laughs> so later at home, while Terika is recovering from the procedure, they're watching TV and see a commercial for Patrice's mural campaign, which I'm assuming that she's not going to win unless it's a plot twist at the end of the season. And Mercedes says it's OK. This is the reckoning that my Lord has promised. <sighs> the soul of Chuckalisa is on the line. Where's the remote? No, it's okay. She just knows. The only power she got is the power we give her. The power on Judgment Day. Vote Woodbine for mayor, and no, I'm the Mama. You think I'm gonna burn in hell? If you do. I'm going to be right there with you. That she no longer has power over the two of them. And Terika calls Mercedes mama, which I believe for the first time in this series. She had been calling her Mercedes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sadie, Sadie, Sadie. Yep. Right. And they do. And along with that and letting go of Patrice as a toxic figure 
um, figuratively, uh, as a toxic figure over over their lives. That they are healing that generational curse of the animosity between mother and daughter, which I found was a was really powerful, and I really love that this relationship can finally blossom into uh, something be- into something beautiful. That Mercedes can finally be the mother that she wants to be, even though it's a little bit later in life, but she can finally be the mother that she wants to be and be a good mother. And I think right, I think Patrice gonna win this election. Just so y'all know what I, my thoughts on the matter. I can see that being a plot twist. Andre is a three-time loser. That dude ain't winning shit. And uh, from your mouth to God's ear. Literally, he's not <laughs> winning nothing. Uh, I really and and I also think if you're looking at politics right now, somebody like Patrice actually would would be a much stronger candidate um, in the climate that they're portraying in, in right now in Mississippi. She's appealing to the conservative black. Vote. Absolutely, she's appealing to the conservative black vote, which in turn will make racist white people vote for her. So that's that's. And they don't want that casino there nope. anyway. Don't so. want that casino. Yeah, so I actually think she's gonna win. I, you know what? That's I also want to touch on before we move on that yeah. it was great seeing Mercedes love on her daughter uh, and give her care after the abortion, unlike mm-hmm. Jody and Baby Boy when he just left and took her keys. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Trash. Trash. Okay. I do love that movie, though. I love that movie, too. It's a great movie. Great movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So is that a list? Is that a list black movie? Oh, absolutely. Yes, Baby Boy is okay. definitely card worthy for okay. sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, Taraji, Taraji, shout out to Taraji. Shout right. out to John Singleton. Amazing huh. movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next segment that we're gonna um, that we're gonna go into is a segment that I like to call um, Moonlight Part Two, or AKA Gay Niggas Cry in the Dark. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Wait. So are there gay people in Moonlight or something? Nigga, you watch it. I've never seen Moonlight. You haven't. It's so late. It's so late. It's so late, Devin. It's so late. Can we please move on? Oh, my bad. Some niggas um, have to go to work in the morning. (laughs) So, um, Little Homicide Life on the Street is haunted by visions of Big Teak ending his life last episode. Clifford comes home calling out for for him and Ernestine, and when she doesn't get an answer, she panics briefly until she sees murder watching over grandmama, and and he assures her that everything is under control in the house, offers her some good dinner he made while Clifford eats. Murder talks to her about the issue with the club, but doesn't speak on his issues because Lil Murder is a nigga. Yeah, he ain't right for that. I do like it because it does show another level of intimacy in their relationship that they can just sit down and share a meal and talk to each other, which I'll get into it a little bit later. Some people were saying, like, we don't like, I don't, they need to express their love in different ways. I'm like, bitch is on the fucking screen. Look at and the fucking He's right there. And he cooked. And of course, Clever, oh, I see why she didn't eat my chicken and dressing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, murder finally turns his phone on, sees it's blowing up with hundreds of messages about his Tina Snow, a.k.a. Megan Thee Stallion feature, and Wody calls and tells him that they need to get back on the road to ride that wave of momentum. Um, and they talk about Big Teak's passing uh, with Wody telling him that they may have to put him in a proper's grave since he didn't have any family, but Murder says the hood got him. Now, um, excuse me, one thing I just wanted to point out here because I think a lot of people... Uh, on, online speculation was like, how were they going to explain? Uh, was it going to be a problem for murder being a witness or 
possibly being a suspect. I and mean, I never thought that the show was. I don't think they're going to go there. Yeah, was interested in having murder be in jail or interested in exploring. Law enforcement has not actually been a whole, been a big deal in this particular show. So, I'm glad. Yeah, exactly. So I was glad that they just kind of like yada yada over this. Like, he's in the funeral home. We're going to put him to rest. You all did it. Um, and let me be clear, um, the law enforcement wouldn't give a shit about Big Teak's death anyways. Uh-uh. Right. Literally. A recent, a recent would never care about what happened to him, how it happened, nothing. Wouldn't give a shit. Mm, that's true. Um, Murder does hear a noise in the house, gets off the phone to go inspect and finds Clifford in her room looking for clothes for him to wear. She tells him that the on- only the worthy have seen my lair. And nigga, you is Thor, okay? <laughs> so, all right. And they have some witty banner playing around about not knowing who Cisco is, and who, because Devin doesn't know who Cisco is. And then, uh, and then murder. I mean, that's the blonde nigga. I know who Cisco is. Ooh, look at he's you. Not, he's not wrong. Into the dragon. And, I don't know uh, what that means. <laughs> nigga, you was doing so well. So. Murder finds Clifford's first Gucci purse from when she was three, which we saw in the beginning of the episode in the cold open. And Murder is surprised that Clifford has been out since she was a child. Yo, this Gucci 234 BC? That's my first pocketbook. I had this since I was three. You had a purse even back then, huh? Mm-hmm. I used to wear this thing everywhere. <laughs> If anybody had anything to say about it, you know, my mama, she would beat their ass with it. You know, you could bet they sure ain't bought me no never more after that. So you, you always been like, like this? Nigga, what you mean? Like, like this, I don't, I mean, I don't mean no offense, but what are you? I'm Uncle Clifford. What are you? What the world won't let me be. You kept him? Which one your favorite? You look beautiful and red. The day before I left, you wouldn't even give me the time of day. You wouldn't let me in. I understand. That shit hurt, didn't it? No. I don't get hurt. Just disappointed. No, I ain't mean for things to end up the way they did. What did you mean then? You asked me what I am without even realizing all that come along with that answer. Don't get me wrong now, I loves me some me. Now people don't understand how lonely it can be to shine so bright. That's why I understand why you did what you did on murder night. You wasn't ready to stand in the sun. Just niggas I used to fuck with. That was like me. We could pass. Well, Ain't no passing with me. 
And Lil Murder, which we kind of thought that he had a clear, a, a little bit of an understanding about gender politics and fluidity, but he doesn't really know, know, he doesn't know, no. So he, he asked, just knows what he likes and what he doesn't like. Yeah. Right. And he asked Cliff, uh, well, what is you? And he's I'm just Clifford. He's like, listen, I'm not trying to be offensive. I just don't know what to say. And yes. I kind of appreciated it. Like, I'm trying not to be offensive, but I I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd rather it was, such, a, know it was, was a, such an intimate uh, conversation, too, mm-hmm. between the two of them that moment about identity, about, you know, how they relate to one another and um, and Lil Murder's care and wanting to understand and wanting to know Clifford better. I just really appreciated that. But thank God he got that dirty ass um, teeth, whatever he was wearing. That shirt was so dirty, y'all. It was bothering me the entire episode. I was like, mm. here's why I liked it. Because, and I don't know if this was on purpose, because early in the episode, because I wear this all the time. So early in the episode, he was cooking, and when mm. you cook, I, you know, splashing and splashing everything. Splashing and stuff. Yeah, You're right. That's 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 a level of realism that I like to add to yeah. that scene. That's also why I love the uh, FX show, The Bear, so much. But they have like <laughs> little touches. But it, yeah, they have little no. touches of realism that happens within the kitchen. So I kind of like. Maybe I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but I do like what that for what it was. Um, so um. Cliff asks Murder, who is he? And Murder says, I'm who the world won't let me be. Mm. Because uh, Murder, who is, he knows that he's gay, but he cannot express his uh, openly gay self, no matter how much he wants to. Because I keep reminding people that Murder does want to actually be out. But yeah, he's, he can't win the position. He can't. Well, he quote unquote can't. Right, right. He can always be a little Nas X, but he probably just doesn't want to do that. Which, I mean, you know, whatever, do it in your time, bro. And he doesn't want to be a Saucy Santana, a little Nas X. He's a trap rapper, and you know, mm-hmm. so he can't necessarily be out. Even though I said Young Thug is a trap rapper, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and Lil Clifford says like, Murder tries to apologize for the events of Murder Night and how he felt like he hurt Clifford because he wasn't claiming her. Excuse me. And Murder said that. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, Clifford said, "I don't get hurt." just disappointed which mm. i felt i felt that part yeah that's almost worse mm-hmm. yeah and and all the niggas that murder fuck with it was like him that you know he could pack they can both pass with each other you know in public and but with clifford he's drawn to clifford and clifford is a, a gender fluid person but she's film presenting always mm-hmm. so there is no um passing with her I'm rooting for this couple to get us together. But let's go Raven. ahead. <laughs> but I'm let's... rooting for them. And I also think that there's a part of mm-hmm. LaMarcus that feels um, freer with mm-hmm. Clifford because Absolutely. of how she presents in the world and has been able to. There's a, a way in which when you see someone who is authentically, unapologetically themselves, that it makes you question, why am I not? able to do that too like a quiet in the yeah aisle. like a yeah it's like it's like a you know um, yeah I, and i think that's always been the case even when they had their little trysts you know at the pink he mm. I, I always felt like little murder was like well, we why we gotta hide and, right, and exactly. part that was part of you know this thing of like I, you don't hide i don't want to hide either um mm. and of course you know clifford's smarter than all that and it's like nigga what is you talking about like <laughs> come on girl come on now but I, I think that I love that part of it that, you know, LaMarcus is expressing or, or seeing 
a possible authenticity that he hasn't been able to experience himself that Clifford has been able to pretty much, you know, her whole life be able to to live into because he had such a great family around him that was accepting around exactly. her that was accepting. Yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead and get into the main event. Bitch. <laughs> so after the events with Ernestine, Clifford, who's crying in the dark in the mm. shower, comes out and sees that LaMarcus is wearing Ernestine's crown royal cape from the opening of the episode, and he's wearing the Cisco pants and playing the thong song to cheer her up. They start dancing, and they fall in the bed laughing. Clifford gets a little emotional again, and murder comforts her. And they begin to kiss, and from kissing, they begin to mutually masturbate, and Clifford reaches over to get a condom for murder, but murder is like, um, no. Nah. <laughs> I was like, what was that? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Put this on. We don't need this. You good? Yeah. Like negative. Good, good. I'm good. Size, I want to feel you inside me. Living lovely. But murder is like, uh, nah, we don't need that. Murder I'm, said, I take prep, bro. I'm clean, baby. And however, comma, I'm playing the bottom tonight. Yeah, yeah so we, it's confirmed. He's verse. Yeah. We he's, some, a, he's a switch, yeah. Mm-hmm. We some verse hoes tonight, okay? <laughs> and Clifford is like, say less. Mm-hmm. I did not know this was a thing, by the way. What? Yeah. That I thought, like, they one switch. just... T- no, I didn't. I thought just one just takes and the other one just gives. Oh, you can switch. Yeah, sexuality is a spectrum. So, right. Our, <laughs> our, our nigga Jared taught us that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, that is the thing, David. So, um, Clifford says, is like, say less, and lubes his pole and gives murder the complete business. Yeah. I like that it was face-to-face, too. I love that it was face-to-face. Murder had that line where he said, I want to feel you inside me, and I was uh-huh. like, I was like oh. my, my whole heart, I was like, oh, my God. This is the most like, beautiful oh shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, yes, all of it. Oh, that scene was so beautifully shot, it, beautifully so done. I, was I just, would say that is actually the best sex scene between men that I've seen since that episode of American Gods. Yeah. Looking had some good ones. Mm. I yeah, didn't watch Looking. Looking did have some good ones. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. But this was a <laughs> really was good one. Too, but yeah. but I will say, if we're talking about gay black sex, mm. I've never seen anything like this before. Me either. No, not at all. This is Bar- really does, does, When Barker blew out old boys back, does that count? Are they black? Yeah, they black. That, well, they black that was a broke. different. That was a different kind of intimacy, though. To me, that was a lot of like tension release. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in love. They were they, absolutely. They they had a lot of love for each other, but it wasn't as. It wasn't intimate. It, was, it wasn't uh, intimate it was like this. More, yeah, it was more animalistic with him and Barker was doing. Even though that's fine if that's what you want, but this is more of an intimacy sex scene. What's like when you talk about like were you fucking or you making love? Like you know that that distinction. That's there. what this feel like. That's what that felt like here. Yeah. I I I get accused of being the latter too much, so maybe I don't know about the fucking part. <laughs> Damn. That's surprising. So, but Clifford. That's surprising. Have you met me? (laughs) Yes, but I'm a sensitive guy. Mm, And I'm not. But but Clifford, I'm I'm (laughs) holy. I know Clifford and his dad bod are humping. They're 
just humping yeah, on top really of the couple. But... <laughs> and I and I had asked, I'm like, is this what is that nigga's shoulders was... were broad? I was like, this nigga is a wide body bitch. <laughs> oh my god! I, had, I was like, is that is that what I look like? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that is what y'all look like. family. Like, is that what we look like? <laughs> but I, but I was here for it. They hump, like Clifford humping the way on each other. Like I was like, gay, 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 gay. <laughs> Can we? Pl- uh, I want to get your feedback so fast. I know. Oh my god, I'm so ready. <laughs> I, I'm so ready because I skimmed I it. Okay, so. <laughs> oh my god. So murder tells Clifford. So murder tells Clifford to um shoot his club up. Fill me up, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and and they and he does and they wake up in each other's arms something to get a backup something that we have never seen or heard on television Leslie and Jamil and Devin nope. these that that sentiment you know? no. right no. so and that was it was crazy. it was said with like lust and love it was so fucking good I just. <laughs> I literally almost got up and just clapped. Like, I was just so impressed with it all. It was really amazing. Wow. I was like, oh my, this is where we going. Okay. Ooh, I was video, definitely video. clutching pearls. It, was, I was, it, was, it just got hot. I was just like, oh my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. Hmm. So, they wake up in the, each other's arms the next morning, and Little Murder is, um, he's still not over his experience uh, with um, the Big Teak thing, and is crying, and, um, Clifford comforts him and reassures him that he can talk to her about it only when he's ready. And I found that beautiful because these are two people that are truly bonded and truly love each other, even though it's born out of a little bit of trauma. But I will accept it because I understand it. There is real love there. But yes, there is real love there. And I'm glad that we are getting the love story between Clifford and, um, and little homicide life on the street that we deserve. Um, and Lamarcus, when he saw all the all the postcards that oh, yeah. yeah. saved, that was so cute. That was which one was your favorite? I, all of that was so beautiful and just showed that this was continual. And you know, even when Lamarcus was talking about Clifford to Big Teak, that conversation was really—I know it wasn't this episode, but I, I just it it called me back to that of just how much uh, care and reverence that Lil Murder has had um, about Clifford and protection of this relationship that it means so much to him. It's just so, so groundbreaking. That's the only way I can use to describe it. It's groundbreaking. Really amazing. One thousand percent. So the um, last segment that I want to get to is just a continuation of the Mia Autumn's Night Dream, where later Autumn comes over to uh, Kishan and Derek's um, house we don't let niggers in this house unless I, I, I'm beating them and fucking. Is you a black? I just brought something for the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Keyshawn and Autumn and um, Regal are in the room. Um gets the worst stories ever. I'm going to tell you a story, Regal. Once upon a time, there was a little girl named Haley who belonged to no one. And never had her own home. And she walked the deep, dark woods, searching for shelter from the constant storm. Until one day, a baby fell out of the sky. And suddenly, all her dreams came true. She had a family. And she swore she'd do anything to protect it. 
But that's when she met the hunter. And he built her a three-story McMansion with marble counters and kept her in gowns spun with Yves Saint Laurent silk. Haley thought she had everything she ever wanted. One night, beneath the slanted light of a crescent moon, she saw his teeth were actually knives. His eyes, hungry ears, tuned to her truth in her lives. She was trapped. But one thing she carried with her were bags of plastic filled with her tears. She poured them out, making a river that flooded the whole forest. She could swim. Her baby could not. Her tears drowned her baby. All because she waited too long. up Haley Colton and call me when you're ready to learn how to swim. The, the worst, worst little, like, no, like, can we just do, like, Winnie the Pooh or something? <laughs> really, Jeez. yeah, really. And so, Alam is telling Keyshawn the story in the form of a fairy tale, because that's the language that Keyshawn knows, um, how she escaped her abuser, and she gives Keyshawn a burner phone because fucking finally she mm-hmm. needed another fucking phone. That's the least that Autumn could do, or the least that she needed to escape. And tells her to look her up. In, Yo, in I really I was like, why did she give her a remote? Oh my god! <laughs> I swear <laughs> to you, I was like, what's she gonna do with a universal an Andrew- remote? Because it's the Android. Nigga, you better I, stop it. I didn't know what the fuck that <laughs> was. Not you mind your damn business. Green bubbles galore. That probably don't even work with 911. Mm-hmm. But I am oh, mad. Yeah. You know what? Because Mississippi was on the road doing this tour. She could have bought a burner phone at any point. That's what I said. Could have asked Wody to get her a burner phone at any fucking point. That dude killed somebody for you, ma'am. Why are you not syndrome. using your resources properly? You dumb ass. Mm. That's the young shit. Right. You know, I think, yeah, but still, again, like, I don't want to call out, like, how people cope with abuse. I don't want to, like, call her out for that, but I do think that's the least that she could do. But Autumn does tell her that she can, they call her when she finally ready to kill that nigga. And that is the end of the episode. As we've illustrated, it was an amazingly beautiful episode. Um, Don't and- be so excited. I do have one question before <laughs> we get into this. I am so video. ready for feedback. <laughs> Hurry up because Go I ahead, want to repeat this so bad. She, ta- she told her to, to look up her name, right? I'm, yes. I was like, what is Haley she supposed Colton. to find? Haley Colton. Haley yeah. Colton and this dead baby that she lost. And yeah, all, the whole story. Yeah. Didn't she just tell her the story? She, she did, but she didn't but tell her. Detail. Tell her. She's she like, like, she didn't tell so the group of her to look up on the phone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To call her. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I thought she said Google like Google her like. No, look, look up no, the speed dial, nigga. Oh. <laughs> so she's saying that I've been there. I know how to do it. When yeah. you ready to do? Oh, okay. You're I'm like, did you just Kyle tell me. her the story? And what you don't want to end up like I did. That's what she's trying to say. Like, come on. 
Mm-hmm. Be smarter than me. Learn right. from my mistakes. I had a blind moment. Children have to swim too. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, so we do have some feedback. Raven's back, guys. Mm. <laughs> oh Lord, am I ready? I may not. No, you were not ready. <laughs> so we have. Uh, You'll so see why I've been rushing this. I'm ready. We do have a, a message that was sent to us by friend of the show, Raven, which Jamel is going to uh, read for us right now. <clears throat> oh, well, 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 week seven, and they still too explicit with the sexual scenes. Everybody is not comfortable watching two men penetrate each other. Just too much. What? Have, you know what? Let me just keep reading. Um... I did love the scene on how much he showed he cared for Clifford and was there for the grandmother during COVID. The disease has broken a lot of homes and he tried to help and was pure about it. Girl, what did I tell you about this goddamn homophobe? Anyways, um, but I think this is definitely Keyshawn way out. And if she don't take it, I wish nothing but bad karma for letting them children see a broken home when she has had new help numerous of times to get out. If you want, if you want out its ways, I hate for women to make like it's so difficult when it's not love yourself more and especially your children. (sighs) One more paragraph, y'all. Mercedes, I love her. I love the admitting of her mistakes to try and fix her wrongs with her daughter and to make sure she don't allow her child to make the same mistakes she did. The bond is unbreakable without a doubt. I hope on the upcoming episode she is able to keep her and help her be the women she wasn't allowed to be because her mother stole her life without letting her have a say so. I think she is like my favorite character. Raven, I swear to God. You really fucking read that word for word. <laughs> Go ahead. I swear to God, this is week three of me telling your ass that you got to stop with this fucking homophobia, okay? And this goddamn victim blaming. You gonna wish nothing but bad karma onto Keyshawn because she's being a beaut girl. Maybe she can't get out. Maybe she can't get out. You ever thought we, about that? We see how controlling that we've seen, and all we've seen this girl's whole backstory. No, she was Raven, like, this whole is dumb. Okay, what I'm is sorry. wrong with you? I'm You're sorry. really ridiculous. This show has actually shown you how uh, Mercedes ended up in this situation in the first place. They've literally laid it all out for you. We saw her in fucking high school. Mm-hmm. What more do they need Raven. to do to show you that this is somebody who really has very little choices in their life and have has always had very few choices in their life. And stop watching the goddamn show if you don't want to see two niggas fucking. Because it's Literally. Katori already said, this show is going to continue to be gay. Get the fuck used to it. Stop watching it. it. And stop being fucking you homophobic. It's you thought it was going to end. You thought it was going to be in. You thought it was going to be over because Pride Month's over. No, nigga, we here to stay. <laughs> and Girl. this idea of like nobody wants to see penetration. What the fuck? Who's we? First of all, who's have nobody? Ever, have you never seen porn? I will say, uh, I while I don't agree, I will say that she is not alone because I, for no, I know, have seen a lot. Not of the more the Keyshawn thing. They just need to just stop to stop watching the show. That's just what they just stop watching. A lot of people having problems with the man on man sex. And they're not right, but it's not just a one person thing. And we you know all what my need husband to grow. does? He just looks at the phone during mm. those scenes. Yeah. 
you can, and then when you... it's over, he looks back up. Mm-hmm. But it's the so, hypocrisy for me. They have no problem with them scenes with um I said that homegirl's wife and 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 you know, listen, y'all oh, that's look, different. That's different. It's not. So so you, coming they, from someone who they doesn't show like lesbian sex porn, on this show multiple I was about times. To say, I'm not really a big lesbian porn guy myself. So I could go I, good lord. <laughs> oh my god. That caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I was saying, but uh, yeah, I got nothing. She threw me off. I'm, I got nothing. Now, here's here's the thing. So, um, like we're we're all we're all cis heterosexual on the show, and the portrayal of of homosexual sex on the show is not something that bothers us. And a lot, and granted that we're a lot more of they're obviously we're a lot more involved than some people, but the perpetuation of homophobia within how people talk about this show is very troubling to me. And I've been seeing a lot of um, sentiments like and and granted, like people caught on because like last when it was Teak and Murder, it was people when people were getting called out about it, like I don't want to see two niggas fucking and everything. And when they was like getting vocally called out upon it. And you see it later on in this episode, people start switching like, well, I don't think this show needs to have sex at all anymore. Because like, it's like, it's interesting that, okay, well, you skipped over the sex scene, explicit sex scene between um, Diamond and um, Big Bone. When nobody saying, when nobody was saying when they had sex, they're, well, there doesn't need to be sex on the show. They can show this in different ways. But oh, when it comes, yeah. But when it comes to two niggas fucking, it's like, oh, we don't need to have sex on the show. It's still homophobia. And like, if you don't want to see sex on the screen, I understand that's fine. In some parts, I looked away at my phone because it was just like too much dad by humping. I'm like, because <laughs> I was like, goddamn, is that what I look like? Like you're you're, you're, <laughs> you know? you're hetero. I understand you don't. That's but, not something that you want to see, but, but you're going to watch the show. You know it exists, but, but okay? But That's right. I don't want to exist now. Fine, and I'm fine with it because I, I mean, you don't have to use a fucking microphone to watch it. Like, nobody's asking you to do that. It's just like, okay, you're going to start seeing more and more representations of relationships on screen, and that includes all levels of relationships and everything. Check that the goes other on categories there. on Pornhub, girl. <laughs> I do. I do want to say. I do want to say one thing. I, I obviously this is my friend. I love her to death. I also do don't. I do. I don't want to shame her or anybody else who feels this way because even though they they have the wrong mindset. Be open with your rawness so that you can be educated to what is right. So, yeah. like, because we, we can shame people in a way, and that's how these people in certain, uh, how do I say this, communities uh, continue with the racism because they just hide it well. If you are ignorant to something, express your ignorance so someone, your ignorance so someone who is educated can in, educate that's why you I like when Raven and express how feedback. you should feel. Raven. We do, Raven. We 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 just want you to, to kind of evolve. Stop being your, childish. Mi- evolve your mindset. 
I understand the harshness of Jamel's words sometimes, but I, we just don't want you to understand that just kind of evolve your mindset. But we do appreciate. We we be nice. We do appreciate. I your, just feel like that this person doesn't like P Valley. She yeah. loves the show. No, she just no, she nah. doesn't. I, let me let me show. stop you there, Devin, because this is the show. If you don't want to see two dudes having penetrative sex, then you don't like Pete Valley. That is that is a, it. It is very clear. That is a huge part of this show. It's going to continue to be. We've seen it twice in this season already. It is not going to stop. We are showing a um, a gay or certainly a non uh, heterosexual love story on this show. And so to expect that not to include physical intimacy on a show about strippers. Child, <laughs> what is the talking problem about? that I have? Here's the problem that I have. Like this is what you see this a lot in shows with like gay characters. They niggas just only want them to be like side characters or yes. supporting characters with no love interests. Mm. Now the uh, no, I shouldn't say gay characters, but like uh, on the spectrum characters. Okay, mm. so we have an on the spectrum character named Uncle Clifford, and guess what? She has a love. She has a love interest. Okay, and guess what? It's gonna be a dude. Okay, deal with it. Mm. Okay, I would disagree uh, on that characters. Because- Spectrum characters deserve love too. And what do you disagree with? This, is, this I, is how we used to treat black characters on so many shows. You would never right. see black people having sex. You would never see them being intimate because white people were offended by seeing us in those positions. So you're actually echoing a white supremacist ethic when you express yourself and saying you don't want to see something like this. That is something that happens to real people and experiences that they have in the world. You're echoing a white supremacist ethic every time you say it. I, I will say that, at, at least from my conversations with her and from what she said, like her her issue is not with the couple. Because I feel like we're saying that she doesn't just no, want she to just see issue, she her issue is with the sex. I understand. Right, like she's because I felt like y'all were saying that she don't want to see gay characters in love because she's a, all on board with their love, at least from what she's expressed to me and what she said in her feedback. Well, that's now, just again, again, it's the wrong way to think, but I feel like we can't uh, cover it with like a complete blanket and say she doesn't like uh, gay people or, or... I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I understand, I understand what, you're what you're saying, but I'm still going to call her ass childish. I, I think, yeah. It's a I childish think, mindset. We've had yeah. this concession. I, and I, when I, I say Raven, I'm right. talking to everybody that feels this way. Not just oh, and I would I, say, I yeah, the yeah. fact that Katori and the writers have had to actually say, say this out loud on social media and so on. They, they've been hearing this for more than just one person. It's definitely something mm-hmm. that's going right. to oh, yeah, this, come up and, for them. Yeah. And, I and, I, and I think it. it's important to note that they they have chosen to, in the face of those uh, complaints, to live, in the to, uncomfortable, to live right. right there. And I yes. love it. I love I, it. And I do appreciate that, you know, that they're pushing the television landscape forward and making it good for other creators to explore intimacy between queer characters. And it's something that we've never seen, especially between black queer characters. And I and I applaud these creators for doing so. And I just, again, if you want to be okay with the love, and we appreciate you being okay with the love, but you also got to appreciate everything that comes along with exactly. that love. Yes, that's what I was trying to yep. say. Yeah. Yep. No, I understand what you're saying, but, you know, I had to get some bars off, bro. Right, we get it. But Raven, we just want to educate you a little bit, help you change your mindset. Hopefully you will, hopefully, you know, as you as you watch 
entertainment moving forward, you can be a little bit more understanding of um, the relationships that you're going to see on screen. Right, um, and I'll still love you because you have the f- Devin, I uh, hate to keep that in because she has not consented to conversations about her body. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. That's for Patreon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, let's... let's. We do have um, some other feedback from friend of the show, Miss Salsa, which I am going to read right now. Hey, y'all. I love this episode. P-Valley is really exploring some great storylines. I know that some people just want to see ass shaking, but I think season two has been excellent. Loretta Devine is a goddess. This woman is incredible. If she is going to die, I'm glad they're showing her her glory. She looks incredible. She is serving looks. I love seeing baby Uncle Clifford and his mama. She was too cute. As we saw in this episode, there are many iterations of the pink has gone through. And yes, it is not just a building, Juwan. Um, I think I expressed, you know, my sentiments on that. Um, while I think that it can still be sold and she can still honor the legacy of Clifford's ancestors, but ultimately... The only alternative would be is that the pink gets torn down. So they might as well get something out of it is my sentiment. Um, But continuing on, that's why Uncle Clifford is hanging on. His whole life is there. At least we know that Haley is getting closer to that $10 million offer she wants. I hope they don't end the season with Ernestine's life hanging in the balance. I really hope she's going to be okay, but I just don't know. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I hope they don't kill her off too. Um, continuing on, Uncle Clifford cleaned up Little Murder's messes again. Little Murder is lucky to have Uncle Clifford and Wody in his corner. Poor thing is heartbroken and suffering from the trauma of Big Teak's suicide. I love Little Murder playing nurse to grandmother. She shaded the hell out of Uncle Clifford's cooking, and it was hilarious that she didn't know Little Murder's government name. Seeing Uncle Clifford in the shower being so vulnerable was heartbreaking. Grandmother is all she has, and the thought of losing her is tearing her up. Little Murder was so cute trying to cheer him up in the in the 90s gear. And wow, that scene was hot. Those two have amazing chemistry. They really do. I know this episode was written long before the Supreme Court rendered women to have fewer rights than inanimate objects, but man, the timing was great. Little Mercedes look in this episode. Those braids really suited her. It kind of showed how young she is, even with a teenager. That's a good um, point. I didn't pick up on that, that it kind of like show her a little younger. I'm uh, so glad that Terrica is with her and not Shell. Seeing how Pastor Woodbine treated Mercedes makes so much sense. You know that was a black restaurant because Patrice beat Mercedes like Ike beat Anna Mae when she went eat the cake. And no one better than I. I hate seeing her do it to Terrica, but Terrica was being awful to Mercedes, telling her she was jealous. But people often pass down generational trauma. These pro-life people need their asses whipped. I really enjoy seeing Mercedes interact with Terrica. She's a bit of an ungrateful brat at times, but it seems she's finally seeing that Mercedes is trying. Terrica called Mercedes mama, loved it. She's a real mother now. I'm glad she let Terrica make her own decision. Hopefully she and Mercedes' relationship will continue to grow. Look at Haley trying to help someone. Keyshawn isn't listening to you, girl, and baby Regal likes Haley. I guess she's not a total witch. 
The baby probably knows that this woman is trying to help them. I'm sure Keyshawn makes the baby feel unsettled because she's so stressed out all the time. Damn, Keyshawn, does Haley have to spell it out for you? Damn, girl, get your ass out. It's been time. Um, yeah, hopefully she takes this to heart and, um, and this is going to be the thing that pushes her out. I do think that Haley probably is going to be a little bit of backup from, uh, from the other women from the pink to finally, um, you know, regulate on um, Derek's ass. So she, um, Miss Austin has some more thoughts on the episode. So just one more random thought. Um, since Haley's ex's spirit hasn't been part of the last few episodes, I wonder if him hunting the pink will cause the deal to fall through. I can't see it being sold right now, or perhaps they will go the Queen Sugar route and have the land declare the landmark so Uncle Clifford can keep it. Those stories she told about the happenings at the pink over the years makes me wonder. Um, that's interesting. Um, I'm not caught up on Queen Sugar, but that seems to be the natural progression that show was going in. But yeah, um, that's really interesting. Um, so it does remain to be seen. I'm thinking like what Leslie said earlier that maybe Mayor Woodbine is the one that's going to be winning the election and therefore the referendum will not pass and the pink will be saved. Uh, or so it seems. Um, but yeah, thank you, Miss Salsa, for that. We are very much appreciate you. Thank you, Miss Salsa. So, <laughs> listeners, if you um, do want to leave us feedback, you can do so by sending us an email at etopod at gmail.com. Also, we have, do have a voicemail line. Uh, we didn't get a voicemail from. From um, Princess Jasmine, Jasmine this week. That was so on that, me. I, I slept through it. My bad. Mm, That's on me. No problem. No problem. But their voicemail number is 205-304-1655. You can also go to Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review and a rating. We certainly appreciate that um, by doing doing so there, uh, by searching for Edit It Out and um, just leaving us a review on that page. You can also do so as well on our Spotify page for Edit It Out and leave us a review on there. We appreciate you uh, if you do. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at Edit It Out 1 and on Instagram at ETO Pod and on Facebook if you search for Edit that out. You will find the find edit that out at um the edit that out Facebook page, and you will also find the edit that out Facebook group where I post all the content there and have some discussions of things that we're gonna cover. Uh, so if you can just search us on Facebook, you can join up with us there. And with all of that being said, um, um, Leslie, where can our listeners find you on the internet, ma'am, and anything that you're working on that you want to plug? You can find me at Leslie Mac, M-A-C, all the places. You can just go to LeslieMac.com, Leslie Mac on Twitter as well. Um, what am I? I'm on sabbatical right now, so I'm not doing shit. Black girl magic. Uh, I took the month <laughs> off. I always take July off, so I'm just chilling uh, till, till for another week or so. Um, and the thing I'm working on, I can't talk about yet. So okay. I'm going to just hold it close to the vest, but. I understand. Just I understand. Follow this, me. It'll this be out woman, soon. Follow me. This this woman is a working woman. I love her so much. I respect her. Absolutely. I appreciate her. She is she is truly out here uh, doing doing the work for uh, for all She's of our most important life skin point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, yes, we appreciate you uh, for coming on. And um, Jamel, where can they find you, ma'am? 
Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Jamel Mybell. That is J-A-M-E-L-L-E-M-Y-B-E-L-L-E. You can also find me on Instagram there, but if you're looking for me on Facebook, don't. This is none of your business. Mm-hmm. Okay, Raven, don't find her. Don't Do not find her. Don't find mm-hmm. me, girl. Don't <laughs> find me, girl. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I Devin, think they would love each other, by the way. As two black women that I love in this world, I feel like they would, minus their uh, views on homosexuality on screen <laughs> and victim blaming yeah that's uh, <laughs> that too uh i think they would love each other two mm. strong black women two black women that scare me to no <laughs> end <laughs> <laughs> no problem and devin where can they find you on twitter at devin lamar with two r's talk about it and you can find me on Twitter at JTD. That is J-A-Y-T-E-E-D-E-E. Also, you can find me on there on Instagram as well. And also on TikTok uh, at Chef JTD. All of my, ca- my camera equipment. You on TikTok? Cri- Wait a minute, Juwan. I don't know if I'm following Cooking you. Cooking videos, Chad. Yeah. Cook. Let me make sure. Say that one more time because let me follow you right now. Hold up. Uh, yeah, TikTok at uh, Chef JTD. The letters right, JTD. She don't even follow me on Twitter. Yeah. So the, list, so the That's word because shelf. She, she, she high end, okay? Right. I just I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Right. Leslie got the blue check, okay? Hell here. So, so y'all, let me tell you something. I got my blue check on Instagram recently, and all I have done is bought brought so many scammers to my DMs. It's wild. Uh, it is oh, the no. wildest thing. And maybe my comments too. The first 15 people to comment, da da da, gets such a it's yeah. so bizarre. Yeah, it's so like, weird. I just followed you on IG, uh, on my on TikTok though. Oh, thank you, thank, thank you. I'll be uh, glad you got a follow. Checking out you your on. videos. <laughs> thank oh, you, Devin. So dramatic. Oh my god. <laughs> my new camera equipment has come in, so and my HVAC is getting fixed tomorrow, so I can start cooking again in my kitchen. So the HIPAA filter. Yes, all the HIPAA filters are there. The new system is coming in tomorrow, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> yes. So, but thank you uh, very much for listening. We appreciate every single last one of you, including Raven. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Leslie, for joining us. Yes. Thank you thank for you. having me. Thank you for giving me time to and space to talk about this episode. I was oh, so excited, and you, it was so amazing. You, you, you definitely elevated this shit show that we have. You're right. For the, for <laughs> the, for the, She's the only reason I'm up this late. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Out of bingo. <laughs> and she dressed up for you. I wanna, I wanna I put that I really, out there. I really, I appreciate it. I really, my hair. She just kept it. her, she just kept her uh, outfit clothes on from the I office. love it. I love it. And we match, we match too. So it's extra special. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know Jamel had hair. <laughs> I'm like, what? Man, it's crazy. All right, nigga. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate every single last one of you. You all have a good week, and we will talk to you all for the next episode of P-Valley, which is um, episode eight. Good night, y'all. Peace. Well, and bye-bye. I'm sick and tired of my mom trying to run my life. I'm 15 years old, and I can make my own decisions. My boyfriend and I are trying to have a baby together. We have sex three times a day to get me pregnant. I even have a baby doll that I've been practicing on. I'm going to be a great mom. My baby's name is going to be Liesia Chanel. I've already stolen bibs, diapers, magazines, onesies, whatever I need to take care of my baby. My mom knows I've received money for sexual favors, and I can always find money whenever I need it. Life's a big party. I drink and smoke weed all the time, and I never make it to school on Mondays because I'm always too hungover. I've been in over 100 fights and I've won them all. I carry a knife with me every day, so bitches won't mess with me. 
My mom needs to mind her own business. I'm 15, I'm a grown-ass woman, I'm engaged, I'm going to have my own baby, and I'm not gonna change. So she needs to back off. Oh, this bitch needs to be put down. Maddie, no! Maddie, no, 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 no! 